Okay, I need to angle the camera down a bit. So I need the tablet. How are we hearing this? Oh, because uh, we're live now. How are we hearing this? Oh, it's on your phone. Oh, yeah, 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 it's on my phone. All right. Oh, I'm going to have to fetch your mic or you can fetch your mic, which oh, is over there. Yeah, I still have to pull everything up on the tablet. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the pre, the pre, the pre-com. Yeah. Oh, I need to turn that lamp on. I can get your mic while I'm over there. Oh, thank you. At least the zoom isn't rolling yet. Okay. Next is to get this tablet going so I can keep track of super chats. Turn the volume down. Going on YouTube. Hello, everybody. Nothing exciting happening just yet. We see the chat going here. I need to make sure I have stream going in my... There we go. What is that high-pitched whine? Do you hear that? No. Is that the power supply over there making that noise? Oh, now I hear it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Does it still make it if I unplug it? What just got dimmer? The, oh, oh, the webcam. What turned off? No, it didn't turn off. It's Oh, sorry, because your body was blocking it. My bad. Oh, that's right, because oh, the Zoom turned off. Yeah, that's right. There's only, there's only four spots in the power supply that the power supply can charge. Two of them are just on surge. Mm. Anyway. The um, I found that this power supply runs runs this for like three hours, huh? At, at, min at minimum, because it was still running, and I'm like, oh, I gotta leave. Plug this thing back in again. Uh, what did I need to get while I was over here. Are the mics on? Can everybody hear us? Are are we audible? Oh yeah, no, I got because on. some people have said they can't hear. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, they can. All right, cool. You guys can hear us. So, um, um, and is everything coming through all right? I can turn this on here for mic check for. Yeah, everything us is perfect. In the Zoom, Zoom sounds my, fine on me. Yeah, loud and clear. They all say. Right, okay. All right, you ready to do Zoom? No, wait. No super chats have come in. So none have. No. So oh, okay. So I don't have to keep track of that yet. 
Um, I'm, well, I'm, they said Nick's a little louder as usual. And that's usually because I'm like on top of the mic. So I'm going to get back oh, and just, turn you down. Oh, all right. Uh, I just want to uh, keep down on the amount of like stuff that you have to do in audacity after this, like not make it as oh, okay. difficult as I pump yeah. ginger tea mm-hmm. in this, uh, emptied, uh, Dunkin' Donuts container. But yeah. Okay. All right. Ready to hold for sound? Yep. Pressing record now. Hey guys, welcome to RCR podcast number 55 before the retreat. I'm Nick. I'm Brian. And uh, kind of a weird story coming up here. I um, had to pull over because uh, basically I had a decaf coffee spill that I had to wipe up. Uh oh. And anyway, as I'm coming back in on the road, there is this person who is just sort of barreling down the, uh, 61. And I'm thinking, uh, that they're farther away than they actually are because they're, they're about three, four car lengths away. And so I'm thinking I have time. And so I pull out in front and I don't know if it was just a lack of judgment on my part of thinking that I had more time than I actually did. Um, but you know, the person was very quick thinking and sort of, uh, stomp the gas and really let me have it. And I, totally deserved it like i felt lousy mm. after it of like come on nick you know better than that like you're not mm. a more like it was literally one of the dumbest things where i think that i'm um in the clear and i'm not like i'm possibly the worst driver to have never had an accident mm. like it's just all sheer luck at this point but um yeah the the I I kept thinking like if I see this person like I kind of want to like track them down and fill up their tank. It was a Silverado. I don't know where oh, okay. they are now, but I'm also in this weird place where as I'm coming here, as I'm getting closer, the opposite pretty much happens where it's the other person's fault. Oh, and, okay. and so I get sort of this taste of my own medicine okay. and there's this just, I don't know, it was chaos. And so I was a little jittery um, just because, you know, I'm, made of wobbly nerves anyway Mm. so it's not exactly fun to um have those close calls but i you know like that they're close calls and not what the alternative could be when i make those screw-ups where i inconvenience someone by stupidity my hazard lights go on and i pull over again and let them go on uh you know without me yeah just uh like just get out of my life I want you to stop thinking about me. Yeah. Um, John Ward, I see your super chat. We have a few things we want to talk about, but we will get to it. Um, yes, you are witnessed. The I was skiing all day yesterday. Hmm. It was fun. I woke up and I, man, that power supply is loud over there. I know you can't hear it in the chat, but it's just, I just could barely hear it. And it's there. It's just the capacitor one. I don't hear that when I'm on my computer because I'm around the corner. But yeah, that thing's going. I like the security of having a power supply. Yeah. That if anything blows, it blows that and not my router. Yeah. Um, And also if the power goes out, as long as 
I think your internet still goes as long as the router can go. Anyway, whatever. I'm not, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, the power has gone out like once in the four years I've lived here. Yeah. So I wonder if it's hissing like that because I have all this stuff plugged in. But then we had all the stuff plugged in last time. I don't remember yeah. making that sound. And it's kind of a necessary evil anyway to have yeah. these things plugged in. So yeah. what are you really going to do? So I skied all day yesterday and someone asked, uh, does Nick ski or anything like that? <laughs> and I, I wanted to say like a resounding no, but you are, you could maybe get it. I, I think I could if I dedicated myself to doing it. It's just that it's not a question I've ever needed answered. Like it's not, <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. it's not a desire that I've ever really had because I don't, I'm not a particularly big fan of being cold. Um, <laughs> but also I'm not, and this is going to sound weird, especially to someone who uh, reviews cars for a living. I'm not a particularly huge fan of speed. Mm -hmm. Like a velocity has kind of like I've driven cars fast and there's something to be said about being in control and how that lessens the amount of anxiety that you might have about going fast because you are 100% in control. That's what I get when I ski. Yeah. See now when I ski, like if I'm barreling down the hill and or hill slope, I, I would have to pretty much just throw myself, you know. Uh, <laughs> Eric says, sounds like we're taking Nick to Mammoth. It's It would be easier for someone to learn to ski out west um, because the snow is all, it's the snow feels different than it does here. It's all fluffy and soft. Uh, the, the powder. Yeah. Um, here it's ice and hard. But like I'm going down challenge, which is an East Coast double black, which may be, eh, challenge is pretty steep in the beginning i'll bet i'll bet the top of it is a west coast black but yeah. down to is that, it, that's, uh, a, that, that, that's a porn title yeah, yeah, yeah. it was black yeah uh, the and then the down and then the, the middle part is definitely a blue square so but it's black diamond and double black is like the top most yeah most like, difficult yeah green circle is easy blue square is intermediate black diamond is difficult and mm. then of course at some point they had a double black yeah because most difficult yeah they couldn't go like gold or platinum it had to be like it's black but now it's more black <laughs> none more black that yeah they needed like a different shape i mean but diamond like diamond is like you a, need like a spade or like a dodecahedron yeah no, uh yeah a spade would work probably yeah. um heart um <clears throat> the so, mm. so Eric says, yeah, but double blacks at Mammoth are like dangerous. Yeah. Double black at Mammoth is you're going off an effing cliff. <laughs> Eric and I stood at the end of this. This is, wait a minute. This is a cliff. You're jumping off this and down into the snow. So anyway, so I'm going down the challenge and I'm hooking in. The edges are digging in. I don't know how fast I was going. Probably 40. And, but it's me. I am doing this and I am not afraid of the mountain. I know what the mountain is doing. I know what the hill is doing. And it's having this weird conversation with myself in the snow. I'm going left, right. I mean, all it is, is you're falling and going left and right. Yeah. Ooh, but you're going really, really fast. And it's, um, it's like doing a half squat the whole time, just kind of bouncing on a squat, like huh. at the gym. That's where the exercise comes from. And you're doing it for like a solid three minutes. So, okay, that'll get some leg burn doing yeah. that. And so, and when Eric Pedersen and I were out in Mammoth, like our, the East Coast Hills are pretty small. 
you can get down them maybe like the long ones are like a five minute mm. run. That's pretty long. Yeah, that um, sounds like it would be an eternity in, in, in to someone like me anyway. Well, let's see. Uh, I don't know distance and velocity. <laughs> uh, average speed of when you're lollygagging around on skis is probably 15 miles an hour. Um, 15 miles an hour in five minutes. Someone can do the math. Yeah, I don't do When that. I'm cooking, I'm doing like 30, 30 miles an hour. My record is 52 miles an hour in like a straight tuck down uh razor's edge. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It's not just a finishing move anymore. <laughs> who who does the razor's edge? Razor Ramon. Oh, okay. Razor Ramon. Mm. Chico. Uh but yeah. So I'm I'm heading off uh for the retreat or yeah. Retreat from Moscow next week and I'm going to run over the schedule with you guys. Be right back. Awesome. And I'll and I'm gonna take a quick question from the one Kia. Roman, are you familiar with Super Six Motorsports? They offer aftermarket parts for Ford V6 engines. I do not know about them, but I'm glad I know about them now. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much for the clue in because I always love uh hearing about these types of things. And thanks for the compliment on the shirt, Dan Dunlap. <laughs> and anyone else who's mentioned it, because it's a Red Dead Redemption 2 reference for a side quest that I don't think has a solution, at least not yet, mm -hmm. unless they uh, patch one in because that's what video games are is releasing a product and then just saying, Oh, we'll patch it later. Mm -hmm. yeah. That there was a guy at one of the Mustang shows at Maple Grove raceway who did up a V six Mustang. And it wasn't like a gaudy one. They like got all the performance parts that could for a V six. Um, and I like your engine. Yeah. So it's the Essex, I think. Yeah. And th I think they were pushing nitrous oxide into it. So I don't know how much they were <laughs> claiming to get out of it. Probably in the 300 horsepower yeah. range out of the Essex. So uh, day one, January 20, my January 29th. This is next week. This is what's happening next week. Moscow, PA. Uh, the launch site for retreat from Moscow begins at 7 a.m. at AJ's Auto, AJ's Auto Center along Highway 435 in Moscow, Pennsylvania. And the end, the suggested hotel and the end meet will be the Champions Bar <laughs> uh, in just uh, West Pittsburgh and the accompanying Double Three Inn. So that's where the day, the day one rally ends. Now they're going to send, Nick's not coming along on that. It's going to be myself and Justin Lose and possibly Ivan, the filmmaker who helped us film the Deuce and a Half. He wanted to come along for part of it. He's going to drive his own car, not really take part in the rally, but he's interested in getting footage for like a mini doc that I think I'm going to just do the narration on. So yeah. in addition to driving, I think I'm going to have to, well, we talked about this earlier on the phone today, then I'm going to have to write a narrative, just kind of like take notes. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of driving on these days because it's not just going to be driving from the Wilkes-Barre area out to Pittsburgh, which will be like five and a half hours. They're probably going to send us in a dumb route. Yeah, you don't know where you're going throughout the day, huh? I mean, Last year they they sent everybody like first you got to get to Pittsburgh, but first you have to go to Ocean City, Maryland, huh. and then double back to Pittsburgh. Eesh. Ew! You have to go to the Atlantic Ocean and jump in it. Yeah, and keep driving. Yeah, uh, I think the year that Justin did it, the first year, the one I went out for the launch, they did. They had to go to Pittsburgh, but first they had to go to Buffalo, right? 
You got to go to Niagara Falls first, and then go all the way the back down to Pittsburgh. That, that's like the majority of that's what like I would a consider twelve a trip. hour drive. Yeah, that at the end of it, you feel as though you've been on a journey. Yeah. So, day two, January thirtieth, Pittsburgh, PA to Lexington, Kentucky. Um, I don't know where they're going to send us in between. I don't think they're doing uh, 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 the tail of the dragon. I think mm. they're sending us to, there's like some museum. I think at some point we're going to get concourse judged. Oh yeah. The car, if you haven't been listening to previous podcasts, the RCR car, which will be provided by Justin Lowe's, it's his car is a 1988 Yugo GV. And I think he's, he's putting a head unit in like in the next few days. So we may have music to listen to because it had no radio. Oh, very so nice. we thought we'd probably have to take like a Bluetooth speaker along and keep it charged. <laughs> um, day three, January 31st, Lexington, Kentucky to Nashville, Tennessee. The day end meet is going to be a place called the Tin Roof in Nashville, Tennessee. And all this stuff you can go if you go to the 24 hours of lemons. Oh, and there we go F. with F. All right. Oh, for crying out loud. All right. I have it on my tablet. It's running. Yeah, on I have my it tablet. on my phone. Uh, yeah, someone's saying it's fine. So right. I guess for some people, it's. Uh, um, I'm beginning to think some people uh, might be trolling. So uh, if so, all right, don't do that. But it's just going to interrupt the flow of things. But by day, all means, day four, Nashville, Tennessee, to Leeds, Alabama, the finish line. The finish line is Barber Motorsport Park in Leeds, Alabama. So uh, I do not like that's not where the the rally ends for Justin and myself, because now we're down in Leeds, Alabama. Now we got to get home. <sighs> so we got to drive from Leeds, Alabama to Columbus, Cincinnati. No, to Columbus, Ohio. Mm. That's like nine hours straight up if we take the highway. Damn. Um, I, at that point, get on a plane in Cincinnati because I don't want Justin to have to drive me all the way back here yeah. and then drive all the way back to Pittsburgh where he lives. Nor do I feel like driving, driving out to Pittsburgh, sleeping on his couch, then driving with him all the way back here, then doing the rally then get and realize that we're done. And I still have to, there's something about me making that Pittsburgh run now that just makes my skin crawl. Yeah. It's kind of the automotive equivalent of the scouring of the Shire, which is the epilogue of sorts to the Lord of the Rings in that after they destroy the ring in Mordor and everything seems to be fine or whatever, then there's this whole other part of the book where they get back home and it's all been taken over by like the orcs and crazy people and all this other mess. And so now it's all this other conflict that feels like a slog because you've reached the logical end point of the story yeah. and it keeps going. <laughs> but yeah, someone asks, uh, you need to get that fiber one sponsorship. It's something that I completely, uh, completely like forgot to do um that i didn't think well, we far got that enough. rejection letter right well yeah like it was something that i didn't think about until too late to do i did it in november no i did it in october and they didn't get back to me until the end of november mm. and then they were mentioning uh, it was it was uh listed in a very polite way of saying that you know um we appreciate 
you know, how you support our product and mm -hmm. enjoy our product, but this isn't something we really invest in. And then it gives this uh, sort of reference to other things that they do uh, <laughs> invest in, I think, yeah. of like we as a sponsorship thing do they, I, I don't know i don't remember the letter i really don't. i didn't print it out not yeah it. it's, it's just it's a rejection letter i've gotten those before so it's not new anyway so i get on a plane in cml i think this is the airport code and i fly to philly and then i'm doing something i never did is taking the puddle jumper from philly to allentown huh to abe that little little airport that regional airport in oh allentown. the one that it, oh yeah so it's like Okay, because for me, as a kid growing up, uh, Allentown only ever had three things. It had that bus stop diner um, where all the buses stop. Oh, for yeah, yeah. for New York City. Yeah. The one in Hellertown. Yeah. Yeah. And then it had Dorney Park, and then yeah. it had that little tiny airport. That oh, was basically did it. Did you ever fly to that airport? No. Oh. But I also was not in the habit of being in downtown Allentown as a kid. I was always around on the outskirts because yeah. for the most part, it's just, you know, that's where the stuff is. Yeah. It's where I don't know what's downtown. I've never had a reason to go downtown Allentown. I always go right past the like Bethlehem, which is cooler. Sorry, I, downtown Allentown. You do have the flaw. You have the phantoms and which is like a hockey thing. Oh, side, side note on hockey. When I was skiing yesterday, I met two uh, fans and we skied and we had a great time. And I thought, okay, uh, these guys, uh, one guy, Mark was a pretty good skier. He could go down anything. Hmm. Uh, if I critique him, he's a little bit wobbly, but he only skied eight times in his life and he was already going down double blacks. So he's pretty good. Damn. Um, the other guy wobbly, uh, he can ski parallel kind of, and he can hockey stop. But again, uh, I'm a fanatic when it comes to skiing. So, I have to re rein myself in like, okay, I've been skiing since I was, I think I asked, I can't remember the first time I went skiing and asked my mom the other day, cause my, both my parents ski and said, when was the first time we took you skiing? And she says, Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> you were single digits. So and I'm like, crap, I've been skiing for 30 years. Yeah. So for me, you put me on skis, everything's natural. And of course I have that story where I could have competed. Yeah. And like looking back, I probably could, but I wonder if, I had gone out for like, and Blue Mountain did have a race team. Both I, my high school didn't, but there's a race team that competes at Blue Mountain. See, I went to Blue Mountain High School, and then there's Blue Mountain Ski Area, and the two are like an hour apart. But um, <laughs> whatever. Um, so, but Blue Mountain Ski Area does have a race team, and I guess I could have gone out for that. But I wonder, looking back, if skiing then would have become what swimming was in elementary school. Because I was uh, on the swim team, and then I hated swimming after swim team. Oh, that was the problem that my nephew kind of has. My mom, when... Okay, I paid for my nephew's uh, swimming lessons uh, because I wanted him to just be prepared and everything. And basically, <laughs> like, my entire family is water-soluble, so we uh, don't really do well with water. Uh, so whatever swimming we can do, we've mostly taught ourselves, mm -hmm. uh, just from throwing ourselves in the deep end and making things happen. Uh -huh. Um, but I didn't want that for my nephew. And so I'm like, okay, if I'm going to be watching you over most of the summer, because you know, uncle Nick works at home. Yeah. And so I'm going to get you swimming lessons and going to do this. And he got really good, really fast. And they're mm -hmm. like, we need to get this kid on a team, but he didn't want to do it because he was afraid that he would come to hate it. Like, and this is him at like 
six years old Whoa, being like that's totally insightful yeah he's like i don't i don't want to do it because i just know me that i'm not going to like it anymore if i have to do it that's like something straight out of a calvin and hobbes comic like, yeah <laughs> like in the summertime like the, the 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 panel of the calvin and hobbes comic was they were looking at bugs and like why does it move like that i don't know let's go to the library and find out and they start running calvin goes wait it's summer i don't want to have to learn things and hobbes <laughs> says it's only work if someone makes you do it. Ah. You're like, oh yeah. And then the next thing is I'm looking at books and going, cool. Nice. So, but yeah, it's, it's only work if someone makes you do it. But I mean, I think, well, how did you feel about marching band? Cause that was something that, well, did you enjoy doing drums before you did marching band or was it marching band? And then you kind of found I an was affinity? banging on pots and pans, like a, like a Rockwellian image. So my parents got me this old Ludwig drum set and I banged on that. And then, then they signed me up for drum lessons. Mm. I hated every single one of them, but marching band got woven into your social life. Mm. So I never really liked band camp, but I loved competing and I loved the feeling of being on a team, that tribe. Yeah. Like this is my crew. I was never in any team sports, but this was a team. We all get on our bus. We all put on the uniforms. And this was some community bonding thing. And if it wasn't for that, man, I would have been one depressed kid. It gave me serious direction in high school. Yeah. Because that's all I cared about was English class and marching band. Mm. I But I hated practice. And that's why I stayed on bass drum. Not that the bass line is very important. Yeah. But if you're good, you get on snare and quince. Um but God, it was all tough. that weird stuff that happens in marching band. They say, cause for me it was theater and that, that is kind of the similar to the stories that I would hear about marching band. And that marching band was far more crazy and over the top than the theater kids who were apparently all like sleeping with each other and all this other stuff. Eh, band kids are the same thing. Yeah. The, the, the weird thing with the band kids is that we follow the football team. Mm. And so football games end at night. They go like in the beginning in like September, you know, late August, September, it's still light out when the football game starts. Yeah. But then the lights come on and the game ends usually like 8 PM, 9 PM. Hmm. Now you're at an away game and you have to get back on the band bus, which somehow a regular school bus becomes a band bus. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it says you're school boss yeah <laughs> so you get back on that thing and now it's the half hour drive home back to your home school to unload the band truck which is usually just like a rented truck or a u-haul or a penske truck or maybe if your school has a few dollars you have your own dedicated box truck mm. for the big heavy in in instruments the marimba the concert bass drum the gong because you got to incorporate um excuse me tam tam uh and uh, the timpani, hauling the timpani on the thing. Anyway, so you got a half an hour bus ride in the dark with all your friends. Yeah. It's a co-ed band bus. And that's where I felt the first boob. And uh, actually, yeah, that's all I got. All I really got was, yeah, second base. Yeah. It, I mean, I was kind Which of is funny because the bus was numbered number two. 
That was number <laughs> it was number two. It was like bus two. It was, was the band bus. I mean, I didn't like get to boob touching until I was out of high school because I was like super late to the party in terms of uh, blooming and finding the amount of confidence that it takes to even go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but then once the floodgates open, the floodgates really open, and you realize this is an absolute good, and I wish I could do this all the time. <laughs> But realizing that it's going to be, you know, tough times. Some guy says, I got I got licked around the face. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like that's 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 a band move right there. It's like two people both people pretending to know how to French kiss. Just eh, 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 eh. I know how this thing looks. Well, it's funny because that's one of the things where, you know. I felt reasonably like it's awkward when you're a teenager trying to like figure out how to kiss and what actually works and not make like a mess of each other's faces. <laughs> or if God forbid you or had braces and you're getting both them stuck. deer and you found a salt lick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just strange to me the way that it's a mutual thing of stumbling in the dark, you know, that you're just people who are figuring this out as you go along. And sure. One of you, might have a little more experience than the other, but it's not as though either of you are worldly. Yeah. Which is kind of, you know, I don't know. I got good at it. And now I consider kissing one of only like five things that I'm actually good at. Mm. The others being writing, forgetting to text people back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm sure there's like singing in there somewhere. And uh, uh, did I say writing? I'm just yeah. going to say writing again. Cause I can't think of a fifth thing. I am going to get uh, some Boilo. I already drank half a glass of Bailey's. My parents have a whole bunch of airport bottles at their house now. I think they got some like, uh, like, like uh, some sort of gift that came with a lot of bottle, a whole bunch of sample bottles. So I've been drinking like one little Bailey's ever <laughs> since I came from, ever since Christmas. Because my dad likes his wine. I think I said this a million times. My dad likes his wine to taste like bubble yum. So it's that <laughs> type of sweetness. Ugh. I can't stand wine like that. I can't do. Yeah, no. Th- those dessert wines or those. I need like a good, like rich, nutty Dry, red. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, yeah I, I don't do white wine either. I don't play that game. Yeah, white wine is like a headache for me. Honestly, I rather just have like a whiskey. Or something like yeah, that. whiskey's fantastic. Um, I have to get back into that then one of these days. Speaking of, oh God, I'm going to get some Boilo. Oh so yeah, I, but like the big reason now that I, I'm just going to keep talking, like why I haven't been drinking anything is because now I'm on a Z-Pack instead of just the cocktail of pills and antibiotics for the sinus infection because the antibiotics didn't work. So now they have me on a Z-Pack. So obviously you can't drink when you're on any of that. So it's just weird. That's why I sound like a little horse. Um, I th- or I think I sound horse. Um, maybe I sound fine to you. I have no loving idea. But also, um, I guess I'll take the time that it takes for Brian to get back to just mention that I uh, Oscar nominations came out, which is like my Christmas morning every year, just because I've been Oscar watching since I was 12 years old. This is my 21st year of doing this. And this is the first year where I got all eight best picture nominees right like it's insane to me or all the best picture nominees right because it's not always been eight but it's kind of crazy to me that this is a year where nothing is obviously the front runner because no matter what or who wins some sort of record is being broken 
but I got to see the ballad of Buster Scruggs. I have Netflix and I have no reason not to have seen it already, but it's, I mean, it's a movie, it's a Western that's, you know, um, an anthology and it has Tom Waits for crying out loud, Tom Waits in an acting role, you know, doing his thing. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's, it's the Coen brothers. You can't really go wrong there. So yeah, it's good times. Can't wait. Okay. I'm scrolling. We're going to get to your questions. Rock and roll. Still scrolling. Oh. Also, I'm scrolling all the way up, and I'm getting to find the first one. Also, I bought this. It was on sale at Target for 25 bucks. What is it? it? It's a Final Fantasy Ultimania, which basically is um, the uh, equivalent of one of those lore books that you always get that explains like the backstory of everything. When I was a kid, these were like legendary to me for Final Fantasy because you could only get them in Japan, and I obviously so don't seven, know Japanese. Eight, and nine. Yeah, is that an art book? Um, it's oh, this is heavy. It's a mix. Well, normally they don't go in like a bunch. Or the Ultimanias in Japan, like the original ones, would just cover one game, and they I don't think they would be that size. But it was like a guidebook, a lore book giving you history and details about the characters and all that other stuff. And I had always wanted one. I didn't even know they'd been brought to America, much less to target, much less on discount. So I just couldn't help but get it because final fantasy seven is my favorite game of all time. So it was kind of cool. Although it's not as detailed as the Ultimanias from Japan, because those really dig into the lore. This it's kind of, you know, it's all right. It's not, bad by any means and i'm glad i have it obviously but it's also one of those things where uh i don't know it's not the same as i was expecting but hey i still like it so you know life cool. and such say so, so starting at the top john ward what crap 90s car will be the first to go ex extinct my guess is the chevy corsica oh i'm guessing he means once these cars like uh, when he says extinct, does that mean like every single example of this car is just destroyed? Huh? It has to be something completely unloved. Hmm. Um, you know what I'm having a hard time seeing and I didn't see a lot of even at Carlisle, even at all the car all of all the Carlisles. It's a first first gen Dodge Caravans. Hmm. Those ones had sealed beam headlights, and they had four of them. Hmm. Those ones, I haven't seen a car like that. You don't see them in the wild anymore. Yeah, I think those are the ones that uh, were claimed the most by Cash for Clunkers, or among the ones that got claimed. They weren't even fast. I don't even know if they came with V sixes. They were way <clears throat> powered. Yeah. So that's my guess, John. Is first gen uh, Dodge Caravan, which is something I definitely want. Uh, Eric Pedersen says, sounds like we're talking, taking Nick to Mammoth. <laughs> that's, that's a strange thing. I mean, if you don't like skiing, it's not really a point to go to those resorts. Um, cause everything's velocity based, like even <laughs> the stuff that isn't, I mean, as far as like stuff to do with your nephew, I mean, snow tubing is fun. You'd have to take off your glasses first because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like rock'em sock'em robots for your entire <laughs> body going down those things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Burnt Coolant Productions doesn't have any question. Uh, just uh, thank you for your donations. Or, and thank you, Eric Patterson, for your donations. 
Um, David Irwin says you should review a hit and miss engine. Uh, I would have to have Justin Kramer from Fuel Injection Sucks along with me for that. Because I guess with a hit and miss engine, the spark is going on every compression stroke. So that thing just uh, gets ignition whenever it gets. I don't I don't completely know how a hit, hit and miss engine works. Hmm. That's like pre-car. That's that's uh, like they made the internal combustion engine before they made the car. And it was like a pump engine mm. for like just driving like stationary farm manufacturing devices. Mm. Let's see how I tied that sentence together <laughs> when, I, when I said farm man, farm machinery is what I should have said. That's some fine uh, sentence tying there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Lisa E. Uh, thank you for your donation, Lisa. Doug DeMuro wants to know your location. I doubt he does. And he can call me if he wants to. I don't understand what that means. Doug DeMuro wants to know your location. Is that a, is that a meme? I don't know if it's a meme. Um, and I am part of the super auto quirk Doug posting Facebook group, which I actually found out about before the regular cars Brown posting yeah. uh, group. So uh, yeah, people are saying it's a meme. So I, I mean, it's, also that thing that, you know, there was this post in the Doug posting thing of like the feet through the little hole in the V12 century yeah. and someone commenting about how, you know, imagine a hot girl's feet in there and, you know, <laughs> doing all this stuff. And it's kind of like, my thing is that you're presupposing that just because she's hot, that she's going to have like nice feet. And that's mm. not the case. Like I said, it could be the aggro crag down there once she kicks <laughs> off those Uggs. Like you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Now, not a foot guy, no judging, but not a foot guy either. It's 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 just I, like, and I don't understand. There's a lot of things I don't understand, and some of the stuff I don't understand, but I can see where they're coming from. Feet is a thing I don't understand at all. A foot is like a shovel. <laughs> it's just something that's on the ground. Yeah, whatever. I don't even care if people go barefoot. I'm not really even one of these guys who gets pissed off of people being barefoot everywhere because everything like shout out to New Zealand. That's barefoot life down there. Oh my God. There were people at the, uh, the Holden park, <laughs> the, uh, that car park that just, it's the big Friday night meet. Yeah. Like, there were a decent number of people who were not wearing shoes and I'm just <laughs> like, okay, well I guess that, no, that's yeah. No. Awesome. The, uh, uh, shout out to Juliet Johnson, who uh, got some uh, legit pills because the door to the, she has a horse trailer, as you do when you own horses and horse trailers are hinged at the bottom. Hmm. So like the door is the ramp that the horses go up and then the back oh, closes yeah. and latches at the top. Well, that thing fell right down on her foot and she wasn't wearing shoes. So oh. She showed a picture of her her foot like swelled up. Mm. Now she got some pain pills, and she just. Had to, uh, I I said to her, "Be glad you have national health insurance, because that would be like a thousand dollar bill to just get your foot bandaged up and then get like heavy pain meds and stuff like that." But I'm also wondering to what extent being barefoot all the time sort of develop uh, to take it back to Lord of the Rings. They always explain that hobbits don't wear shoes because their feet have these like thick shoe like calluses from never wearing shoes ever. And I'm wondering if it's like the same thing of like, if you just never wear shoes is your foot 
less susceptible to the type of debilitating injury that say, be. yeah, but even then, you know, it doesn't make your foot invincible, especially no. if, you know, you drop something on it from on the, top. the top. Yeah. yeah where but the bones are still, it's just <laughs> the guys is Navy, Navy medical, medical ibuprofen. <laughs> yeah. I heard of that. Ugh. You shouldn't really take a whole lot of ibuprofen. That's that's it's, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. Yeah. And, I mean, it's good if stuff stuff's swelling, but you're really not supposed to take a lot of that. I think if anything, it's just, if anything, if you have to take uh, a painkiller for an extended period of time, I think it's just plain old aspirin. Yeah. I, well, I, I, isn't aren't NSAIDs bad for your liver? Like yeah. after a while. Um, and, uh, you know, it's. Uh, yeah. That NSAID, that's also anacetamephrine and. Uh, uh, leave that's snacks of something sodium that's bad for your stomach lining and stuff mm, like that. That would explain a lot of the, the the problems I've had. But then you know it just a leave fucking works. Yeah, a leave is really Sorry great. For swearing, I know we got to <laughs> cut down on that. Yeah, well, I don't um, actually know that. But uh, Bob asked, "Did you see Life of Boris?" Yes, I have seen Life of Boris. <laughs> um, what PA version of that channel would be like? And he did how to slob your car, how to PA your car. <laughs> well, first you need a pack of Black and Milds, and you need a Gears Ice Tea container, and somebody made a little adapter so you can have your pint of. A gears iced tea in your uh, cup holder because it's a square carton but goes into a, a round uh, a round drink holder so they made an adapter for that um, you'd have to almost have like a printout of your Facebook group mm. for your local community um, you need to have a dog that has mange <laughs> oh, oh, mage is one of those things where like i just get yeah. the, the creepy crawly feeling like all over me when i see it yeah uh, and because it, it you know it breaks my heart for the dog obviously and it's just but you need to have a permanent space saver donut on the on the car hmm. oh thank th and thank you for your donation bob mary elizabeth bauer says love the show just saying hi thanks mary hmm. mary mary which is a slacker song. And providing a proof that women do indeed watch our show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome, P. Melling 2293 says, Mr. R, have you read... Uh, this is another book I haven't read. Or did I read it? It's gotten to the point where you're not sure if you read something or you didn't. What's the, what was it? John Flowers, The Collector. It sounds really familiar. Yeah. and uh, But... The um, Collector. I'm going to say giver no. at many different times in my life. Yeah. Everybody had to read the giver. Yeah. It was one of those things where, you know, if it has a Newberry medal or <laughs> some kind of like, you know, Maniac McGee was better. Eh, I, I was a fan of the, um, the super fudge series myself. <laughs> so oh, shit, I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it is what it is. Sarah plain and tall. <laughs> Aaron R. Abril. Oh, I see you a lot. Thank you very much. Thank you. For $6.90. Nice. Nice. Can't stop reading Anthony Mord Anthony Bourdain essays and stories since his passing. What are y'all's favorite living? Uh, okay. What are y'all's favorite living or recently deceased storytellers? I like, okay, let's go with very recent stuff. Living. I'm going to go with, uh, oh, gosh. I know who gosh, I'm gosh, gosh, the machine, uh, comedian. 
He was on Hot Ones. Who's the machine? Ah, I can't remember. It'll it'll come up in the comments just in, the, in, in just in a second. Yeah. Um, uh, living. Bert Kreischer. There we yeah, go. Yeah, I never would have gotten that. Yeah. Story <laughs> storyteller. Yeah, Bert Kreischer. Bert the Conqueror. Um. Uh. Uh. His ah crap. Uh, post office. Shit. Uh, Patton Oswalt. No. Oh, uh, mm. turn into my dad. Well, big ones for me are uh, Joey Diaz, uh, yeah, Bill yeah, Burr, um, Joey Diaz, Bill Burr, um, Frederick Knutson down the rabbit hole. Yes, um, yes. love watching his uh, love YouTube stuff. stuff. Uh, I, I mean. Storyteller is uh, a sort of strange thing in this day and age because I think a lot of the storytellers in the modern sense are uh, either podcasters or stand-up comics. Yeah. So it, back in the day, you could get an entire thing out of – actually, no, that's not true. Spoken word albums uh, and audiobooks are more popular now than they've ever been. I have right. no idea what I'm getting on about. But, Henry Rollins. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, th when we were on the one road trip and you had a, you were playing Adam Carolla's uh, memoir, and that was a good That audiobook. was a good thing. Adam yeah. Carolla's many things, but he can tell a story, a yeah. very long story, and you're and – you're you're looked into it yeah you spin a yarn so yeah oh and as far as dead i mean like the obvious ones like hst okay uh, like yeah. hunter s thompson and i i'm, I'm still trying balking on the guy who wrote post office oh uh, well uh, the book the book it's just called post office post. ham on rye no Charles Bukowski. Charles Bukowski. There you go. There you go. Um, we and uh, oh, uh, oh, Junkies Christmas, Naked Lunch. God damn, I William S. Burroughs. There you go. I could think of at least two things, things wrong, wrong with, with that, that title. title. <laughs> Naked Lunch. Yeah. Uh, I have a quick question. People sucking each other's dick and doing heroin. <laughs> That's the story of Naked Lunch. Oh, tremendous. Um, um, the, uh, there's a quick question from the regular chat from earlier that is, um, do you sell a large bucket hat? I have a very big head. No, we only have the regular medium-sized one. I'm working with Justin Burnash from Prime Driven to get a real regular car review store up to consolidate everything. And when that comes around, we'll get extra large hats. I ran into that other night because Tony uh, Tony Airlines, who needs to come back on the podcast again, also has a very large head. When we took him skiing, like, you need a helmet. Here's my old helmet. It's an, it's an extra large. It'll fit you. It didn't. It doesn't. No. And this is the part of the issue. of This happens with my family, too. We all have abnormally large heads, but mine more so than just about anybody else in the family in that there were activities as a youth that I couldn't do because they didn't have helmets large enough. They would give me an adult helmet and it wouldn't fit. When I was born, they had to measure my head for like water retention or whatever. I don't know what they even did, but at first they thought there was something seriously wrong with me because the baby's head is not supposed to be that big. <laughs> Obviously your neck is not supposed to support a head that big when you're a newborn. Yeah. But it's just kind of strange where, you know, you have to be held special 
because your head is enormous. Uh, there's this one comedian who has a bit about having a large head, and it's uh, Brad Williams, <laughs> comedian Brad Williams. Um, and his bit is he's a little person, and he he was doing this like work with the he did a whole bunch of USO tours, like his comedy routine, like is another really good storyteller. Yeah. A lot of it, like, I feel weird. Like, a lot of his comedy is based around being a little person. But what else he going to talk about? It's like all the normal stories you normally go through as, like, a comedian. But now you're also four foot one. So, yeah. so And that's your unique experience that you can provide yeah. insight to. So why not talk about it all and the time? And he has this story about, like, do you want to ride in a Black Hawk helicopter? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to ride in a Black Hawk <laughs> helicopter. And they said, well, you need a helmet. Like, okay, give me a helmet. And I thought because the rest of him was little, that his head would have been little. It's like, no, it's the opposite. It's like they didn't have a helmet big enough. So the helmet just sort of sit. The way he describes it is it just hits on the top of his head. And I don't know if I'm doing a bad thing. You're not supposed to do a comedian's bit. But, like, he already had his special out. It's been told. Yeah. So, and he told this story about how, like, he like there is a little stepladder that comes out of a Black Hawk to get up, but it wasn't enough for him. So <laughs> he told the one Air Force guys, like, I'm sorry, bro, you're going to have to chuck me in. <laughs> and he said the, the smile that grew on this man's face, <laughs> realizing he's about to throw a that's, that's the way uh, Brad Williams said he's about to chuck a midget. <laughs> it's like you, you, you could have you could have grown. You could have if something like he said something to the tune of you could have grew a field of rainbows with his smile. <laughs> and he says the guy didn't just didn't just toss me in to the other guy who's waiting with his hands out. Yeah. Um he give he he did the one <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um Brad Williams, amazing comedian. If he's in your town, go see him. Oh, and another quick one from the live chat. Someone asked if I, and this is related to the sort of marching band or extracurricular activities of if I had any good uh, drama stories from high school. And I don't except for one where, um, and I think I told this story on the smoking tire once uh, before, uh, but basically I was in the sound of music cast as a Nazi chasing Taylor Swift off the stage which is one of those weird surreal things where um oh and i ended up getting violently ill so that i couldn't end up actually performing in the show uh. but i did all the rehearsals and all that other stuff and so like to me like taylor swift would have been 12 at the time right and, yeah so because my high school was a junior high to senior high yeah. so it was seventh to 12th grade so it's that weird thing where you know my memories of her are just as this like awkward kid. Yeah. So that it's surreal to the point where like, okay, maybe you think objectively that she's attractive as an adult, but like in my head, I can't get there because yeah. I remember her, <laughs> what she used to be like in yeah. a vague sense. So yeah, this was before. She was just like this eighth grader. Yeah. Well, yeah. not even, uh, I think she was a half pint back then. So she might've even been younger than 12 half pints were people from middle school that were bust in for the high school shows when we needed child actors. Okay. So yeah, it's just that strange thing where like, yes, I went to, Yes, like, 2007 Toyota Camry. Nick, 
Nick was in the same school as Taylor Swift. Yeah. yeah. And so she granted, but he was a senior when she was like in seventh grade or something. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so, okay. It's it. And, but still, but yeah, still, but still, but and still. so she's like the most famous person that's ever come out of my area. And so I'm missing high. Yeah. Missing school yeah. Right? And it's, well, I mean, in Reading period. So it's like the same idea that it's this thing of, you know, I, uh, would sort of have to walk around with this huge Nazi sash on me, on my arm. And we would do previews um, of the shows on afternoons, like the assembly, which yeah. is a preview to get people to generate, you know, ticket sales and yeah. stuff. And so it's just that strange thing where you're walking around school through the hallway and you're wearing like a Nazi sash. <laughs> and it's just strange. And I'm like, dude, this was like 2000 and three, two, Two? two okay yeah different time and yeah different time and Still modern times but yeah different yeah times. she was like the second oldest von trap kid and it's just that strange thing of like she her and her family like they grew someone they, said in the chat puerto rican nazi yeah they, well i mean you know the, my uncle's a puerto rican republican so they exist like not yeah. not the nazi thing i mean like puerto rican republicans exist Mm-hmm. Not that the, I'm not making it a good, I just hate political things. Exactly. So I hate talking about it and thinking about it. And I'm a registered independent. So what I, you know, court me, man, yeah, cool. I'm the vote you need. And I, and we live in a swing state. Yeah. In Inviso Fupa. Thank you for your donation. RCR should be sponsored by hams. Oh God. I'm getting hams. Uh, no. I'm I'm starting to get oh uh, no hams. So I get a sponsorship from Yangling, but uh, hams. Of course, I take a sponsorship with Trogues ahead of Yangling. Mm. I even bought a six pack of Troganator mm. when when I knew it was when I thought we were going to get snowed in. Bought a six pack of Troganator. <laughs> and myself a time. Great big handfuls of nothing happened when yeah, they were yeah. pre- they were predicting this huge huge storm, and there's just. You know, a light dusting. Yeah. Some rain. Uh, there was like a risk of a fresh flash freeze. Yeah. But other than that, it's... <laughs> uh, JC Edo or Jace DDO. No question, but thank you for your donation. Oh, there he is again. Uh, I just read his previous one where he just... Uh, no question, but now he said... Roads in Moscow are garbage. Hopefully, clear be raw. So, uh, Moscow, PA, yeah, that's straight in the whole Scranton, Wilkesbury, Thaw, Freeze, Thaw, Freeze, Thaw, Freeze part of PA. Mm. Julio Iglesias, love the name. Uh, $5 Canadian. Uh, oh, it's a question for Roman. Does Roman want to drive my 2014 Mustang GT? It's an auto. I don't have the self esteem for Mr. Regular to drive it. I didn't even know they made auto GTs. Yeah, I thought all the yeah that yeah. they were all manual. I mean, well, I guess the GT is the base V8, and above that, there's GT this, that, and the other. Yeah. So I guess the base V8 they'd offer it with a manual for sales. I mean, it's not that I can't drive manual. It's just that I don't trust myself with someone else's car enough doing manual to where like. I don't want to ruin your clutch because I'm a very, you know, I never really got the propers of how you're supposed to do. And it's more or less being self-taught learning on the job, that right. type of thing. 
where, you know, it's just that and my anxiety being such that that's why when we started, I would very rarely ever drive the cars because I know, I, I know how to drive manual daily driven. Yeah. It's just a matter of, I just don't care enough to want to do it, it, it because I feel like there's this. I need to buy you like a $500 car with a manual in it <laughs> that if you break it, who cares? And yeah. just have that. Well, mine is always more about putting other people in peril because obviously from the start of the sort, like I'm bad enough <laughs> on an automatic with almost causing accidents, much less mm. when I'm trying to go through the gears. But yeah, it's like, I guess you're supposed to wear out clutches, you know, in a way that's your clutch is not going to stay pristine. Yeah, forever. Clutch plate, the stuff that does the grabbing between the engine and the transmission is pretty much the same material. That's in a brake disc. That's in a brake pad. So they wear out over time, just like brakes wear yeah. out over time. Now, if you're gentle on them and you don't ride them and you don't slip them too much, like I think the brake, the, 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 the clutch, the clutch, which is a, if you take them apart, um, uh, some have multiple clutch discs, some have uh, like motorcycle clutches have like, I don't know, like eight discs in them. I think cars maybe just have one or two. Hmm. I've never honestly taken the clutch out of, of a car. I should I should do this one of these times. Anyway, but then the clutch material in a car is much greater than it is on a bike. Anyway, of course, clutches on bikes are usually mechanical. Sometimes they're hydraulic. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> But they do wear out. But the clutch on my, as far as I know, the clutch on my uh, 04 Forester with 183,000 miles on it is still original. Hmm. Um, Workforce 520. Hey, the guy I'm going to meet in California. Hello from inside a Chevy Impala. Hello from inside a Chevy Impala, Charles. Uh, thank you for your donation. And I'll see you in L.A. Scrolling on. Inviso Fupa, <laughs> second channel idea, regular boob reviews. I mean, they're pretty great, but there's no <laughs> way, there's no way that you can really <laughs> do that. Do that, yeah. That seems more like something that would have flown on the Comedy Central, the late Comedy Central show review, yeah. where it was yeah. just reviewing experiences. That'd be like classic man show. Yeah, that's a show they could never do again. No, no, that would never happen today. Yeah, um, man show boy. They had the man show boy that <laughs> he's just selling beer out of a lemonade stand. <laughs> the shit they got away with, and that was only like I remember that watching that in college. That's early two thousand stuff. Yeah, and it's it was the launching pad for Jimmy Kimmel and uh, yeah. Adam Carolla. Yeah, and so it's just this. I forget who they replaced them with. Uh, the guy Rogan did it for like huh. Rogan and some uh, some uh, like DJ named Striker. Huh. It wasn't the same, and I think even a lot of the writers left. Yeah, that that sounds like bad times. Once someone sort of uh, leaves and takes the crew with them, yeah, it's just not really. Nah. Wyatt B, uh, thank you for your generous donation, Wyatt. Hey guys, there's quite a few of us brown posters in the Detroit metro area that would love to have you guys come visit. There's Radwood in September, and we have some wonderful brown and craft beer. Is Detroit where the Woodward Dream Cru Cruise is? 
Don't know. Good question. People in the regular chat, because I'm too lazy to Google and and risk having dad technology happen with this tablet. Um, is the Woodward Dream Cruise in, De in Detroit? Um, because I have that marked on my calendar that I've been I've never gone to the Woodward Dream Cruise, and Mike Steinberg really wants me to go, and I should really go to it. So so I say I was there. People are saying yes, yes, yes. Woodward mm. Dream Cruise is in Detroit. Yeah. So I think I'm going to be at the next Woodward Dream Cruise this summer. Mm. Nice. Uh, Blake Beals says, love the show. Any thoughts on the intro to the Spider-Verse? I didn't see that movie. Oh, Into the Spider-Verse is great. Um, I mean, the, the really quick side of it is on my personal channel, Limited Time Roman. But uh, that's uh, I put out a video, I think, last week where me and my nephew ranked the Spider-Man movies that have been out and Into the Spider-Verse is near the top. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, it's one of the best Spider-Man movies. And it's even though it's asking a lot for people who maybe don't know a lot about the universe, about the idea that there are multiple spider people and not even necessarily people because there's spider ham the pig who was a spider who was bitten by a radioactive pig and turned into a pig so it's just kind of you know it's this strange surreal movie and the animation is amazing and it's going to it's the type of film that's going to be knocked off for years like in my oscar video over on the channel i did like I had a really big reaction when into the spider verse got the best animated feature nomination. Cause I was afraid it was going to be a Lego movie situation where, you know, everyone presumes that it's going to not only be nominated, but win, mm -hmm. and it somehow misses out. So I was really happy when into the spider verse got nominated because it's just a great movie. And also in terms of like representation uh, to, I, I know, but people don't like, sort of talking about how sort of media representation of uh, different minorities sort of change, but it's really big to um, my nephews to have someone uh, who is of Puerto Rican descent yeah. in a superhero, like Miles Morales, like he's half African American, half Puerto Rican, but it's still like a big thing. And my youngest nephew is half African-American, half Puerto Rican. So that's even bigger for him because he's literally just, you know, that same demographic and he's seeing himself, you know, on the big screen and you don't really realize how much that matters until you see it in a kid. And, oh, yeah. you know, cause like for me, I didn't care about being represented on the screen. I didn't care that there weren't any, uh, that there was never like a Puerto Rican Batman or any like Hispanic people in the star Wars universe. Um, except that weird guy who's Lando's co-pilot who I still in the millennium Falcon and return of the Jedi. He's oh. like mean none. Nope. Yeah. And, uh, and also uh, the, uh, the protagonist of, well, the male protagonist of, uh, Oh, oh, oh Rogue Wars One. Story. Yeah, yeah Rogue, Rogue One. One. Cassian Andor. Yeah. yeah, he's... Oh, oh, and how am I forgetting Benicio Del Toro was in The Last Jedi. So that's like Very a straight funny. up... Yeah, that's a straight up Puerto Rican in the... What, oh, drives, yeah. what drives But me, he was just... Like, when I, when I saw Benicio Del Toro, I'm like, there he is. Yeah, that, that uh, sure that, that was, was him. Now, 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 granted, the Han Solo was just me going... The Han Solo movie was the first time I checked the watch... Hit the now different watch because I had the dad watch on. Hit the indiglo to make sure I could see the time. I checked my watch, 
<laughs> in the Han Solo movie. So it was, I wasn't really, I was never invested in any of those characters yeah. after about 10 minutes. But the second I saw Belicio del Toro, I got happy, but then I was also taken out because right there I'm back in. The, the, the guy is a scene stealer. Yeah. Everything he goes into. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, one of the few to win an Oscar for a completely foreign language role. Ooh. And um, <clears throat> uh, he won for Traffic. Uh, oh, I saw that in the theater. Yeah. That was a dense movie. Yeah, it was. And yeah. it's, but I, I kind of loved that. It, it, I kind of kicked in that like washed out visual style. That was the thing about that because that was like late 90s or early 2000s. Yeah, it was like two, th well, it was nominated for best picture of 2000, but the ceremony was in 2001. Right. So, and that was during the age when it was before high death, but everything was starting to get slick. Because that was right after they started remaking the Star Wars movies. So everything was kind of getting glossy. And here comes traffic way before the modern, before people start washing out. And again, I like how, I forget the recent movies that have come out in black and white. Oh, I, uh, I Roma on Netflix is yeah. amazing. And it's up for best picture this year. And that's all in black and white. And yeah. it's I can't imagine that movie in color. Yeah. Like, because the cinematography is in such a way that, you know, it completely would change the look and the visual symbolism of mm -hmm. a scene. If you got the yellow of the sun again, cast against like the, this group of characters mm -hmm. embracing it, just the, the color being drained out yeah. gives it more of a, almost a literary significance to it it also makes whatever you're filming timeless yeah and that was a move that bill burr did with like his recent uh special just filmed it in black like yeah. it was color but you just go in your in whatever editor you have just dc saturate the whole thing yeah uh because it, it's uh, it, the difference is remarkable sometimes that doesn't mean that making something in black and white immediately makes it better cue everybody's rap video they want yeah. to make yeah like oh here's a poignant moment let's make it black and white in the middle of this color movie like ah, yeah. yeah or like our noir video but that was like a send-up yeah. and so it was supposed to, or like the student film video yeah. but it's uh not that i don't want to do that again I yeah still no no, wanna, no i still, I still do too go back and do something in millvale yeah and like walking through Millvale on the way back from uh, the Muncie trip, you weren't there, but there's, I, I know it's just freaking cliche, but there were a lot, there was, there was fucking manhole covers with <laughs> hot air coming out of it. Oh. Son of a bitch. Yeah, and everything, I, I did this a few times. I'm making the, I'm making the uh, yeah. 16 by nine aspect ratio with my fingers. This yeah. would be good. This would be good. Because they had a lot of those narrow hallways and something in PA that you don't get in other parts of the country where you'll have row homes and, but you'll have those little hall. We, because we, we went to Betty's the last time, the last film, we walked through that hallway between buildings, but it's an outdoor tunnel between row homes. Yeah. But it's not an alleyway. But yeah. And it's like, cobblestone well or maybe i'm just thinking of the church works like the area <laughs> around there of just cobblestone streets and everything yeah and the way that the light casts against the buildings it's almost like the buildings are venetian blinds unto themselves 
that are creating these sl- vertical yeah. or horizontal slats of light. Yeah. That's just in a weird way. I, I don't know. Like it's a very, you know, small town mystery type of place. Yeah. But RCR noir exposition the movie (laughs) and it's just uh, a whole bunch of talking about you know lady luck being uh not on your side or or being lady luck being a hooker you pay for but you're like five dollars short this time it's the which i think is from max Payne, but it's also people make fun of max Payne, but i like the writing yeah no mike loved the the game the writing was as sweet as teriyaki uh yeah crap mess that reference up teriyaki beef jerky huh something you something you want to suck on and then chew yeah uh miller mayor drove mayor thank you for your donation do you ever eat cereal dry one yes sometimes there's nothing finer than reaching for a handful of cereal and just eating it especially if it's something that has something in the middle like the fruit in the middle thing i think that post makes or individual be- pieces of uh, frosted mini wheats. Mm. Those I can go for. There was this one time in Alaska where I was so sick of powdered milk and I was putting on weight because it was hard to get cardio that I ate cereal with water in it instead of milk. Ooh. I wanted breakfast and we had cereal and some apples, but the only milk they had was whole milk. Because, okay. Everything in Alaska is well, my job as a teacher. I, I was in schools. So we had like, hey, it's breakfast. I, I, I should explain. We were at something called AA, which wasn't Alcoholics Anonymous. It was called um, Athletics and Academics. In the Lake and Peninsula School District in Alaska, um, because each individual school has a small school population, typically 100 students or less. It's hard to have a big school event or it's hard to have multiple extracurricular activities throughout the year. Basketball, well, basketball is huge in Alaska because it's hard to play football because that's an outdoor sport. Um, we're probably going to have to get the sign soon. They're really racking them up in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll do it after I finish the Alaska story. After I finish the Alaska story, I have to clear out the super chat um, or say we're done for the night. Anyway, gallon of milk in Alaska is like five times more expensive than a gallon of gas. I would imagine. Yeah, about they're about the same. I remember 87 octane being $7 a gallon. In oh. Now, granted, you're not, the whole town is two, two square miles. Yeah, but I mean, it's relative to, isn't it just relative to the amount of hassle that it takes to get? the product there yeah what happens is there's going to be it there there's like this big tank like a bunch of tanks of gas yeah. above ground mm. and i guess a uh a barge will come in with a tank on it fill them up yeah oh kicks is good dry yeah it is yeah it is uh, that was my snack Dude. when i was little just dry kicks you want to ignore someone <laughs> eat kicks it's just car runch in your head no it's just literally like hand in the box just uh, kicks kid tested mother approved kid tested mother is diddling herself in the shed 
There's I don't also, know where that came from. There's also this uh, cereal that got discontinued called Almond Delight that I used to have Dude, all the time when I was a kid. And I remember that one. Do you remember Hidden Treasures? No. Oh, okay. I, I do remember King Vitamin, though, which was kind of yeah. like budget Captain Crunch in that it just completely cut everything up in your mouth. Uh, but I just loved it. Now, granted, my mom didn't like getting the sugary cereal, so we didn't really have those that often. Same it was parents. more like the flakes and the yeah. puffed wheat and stuff that you can add fruit to to make better so yeah. that you're not, you know, blown out on sugar all day. Looking back... Honey nut Cheerios, not the regular Cheerios, but honey nut Cheerios, but ton of sugar in that. Yep. My and parents got a lot of that. Yeah. I got a lot of that and would run to the bus. Actually, yeah, I got a lot of apple cinnamon Cheerios. That was my Ooh. jam. Actually, where am I? Why am I saying I never had uh, cinnamon cereal? So, two of my favorite cereals as a kid were the sugary, it, it was uh, um, uh, cinnamon mini buns. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, they had a commercial where a guy driving a truck full of cinnamon buns from the bakery gets shrunk, and then they <laughs> pretend that like that's what all goes in the cereal. Dude, the commercials for cereal in the nineties. Yeah. They were like, I was going through the like, I, I'm on an oatmeal. Like I'm eating oatmeal instead of sugar cereal. So yeah. adult and shit like that. Sorry for swearing. <laughs> um, but I don't see any new cereals. All I see is regular cereals with movie characters on it. Yeah, it's it's mostly um, tie-in stuff, and yeah. if especially if you go to like an Fye or somewhere, and they're selling all those um, cereals that aren't really you're not selling them for the taste, you're selling them for the thing that it's tying into. Like over the holidays, they did the whole uh, they had a, a cousin Randy from um, or not Randy, um, cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation cereal. Okay. Like it's just a weird random thing of why are you doing uh, that at all? Yeah. But the other favorite cereal was Waffle Crisp. Freaking loved Waffle Crisp. <laughs> that was, uh, you know, it's just fantastic. And uh, I love how they, when I used to go to the diner, because uh, I spent a lot of my teenage years sitting in diners until like <laughs> cur past curfew, um, our thing was always the nadir of conversation and the time that we know we need to wrap it up is when we start talking about cereal. Yeah. <laughs> like if we start talking about total, then we know that there's <laughs> which, total is great. It's, it's just, it was an absolute good. You could put a fruit cocktail in there and what's that? Like, you know, fruit cocktail, like, can't, Oh, the little, yeah. Oh. And you just scoops of that. Dude, you, I've mm, never done that. It's mind blowing. But that works best with rice krispies. We got to try this on our next road trip when we're at the Hampton breakfast thing. Yeah, and they just have, they have the cereal crank yeah. and have that. But they do have the fruit there. But the fruit, this is like a weird stand-up comic bit where everything gets, you start talking about hotels and airlines. But they put the fruit next to where the waffle maker is. So I got to remember to get a bowl of fruit, but then walk it over the waffle maker to get the fruit. Or, or, I mean, bowl of bowl of cereal. And then the milk is like somewhere over what the beverage is. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah. there mm -hmm. is no sense of organizational organization yeah. to how a hotel continental breakfast is laid out yeah. because, Hey, you get what you pay for. Yeah. So eggs. yeah. Still, uh, okay. Um, if we get some more super chats, I'm gonna have to put the sign up. But people yeah. actually, 
getting the message that we got to wrap this up soon. Yeah. I got to go back to my parents' house and fold my laundry. Oh, did you finish the Alaska story? Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, anyway. AA, uh, athletics and athletic. Ath- athletics and academics. Mm. So they would combine all the big school activities because all the school districts were spread out about around the geographical area of Delaware, mm. which is the Alaskan Peninsula. Did not know that. And so they would fly all the kids in on bush planes to New Haven, I think it was, which was the largest school district or, or largest school within the district, physical building, and had enough um, uh, room in the school to house all of the students in the district. And so, so like you're, you're, uh, the amount of students from like ninth to 10th grade or yeah, ninth to 12th grade was about 300 kids. Hmm. So not your average school population minus a bit. Yeah. That's yeah. like two grades in my high school. Okay. That's like 10th and 11th or something. So what you would do is you had, we had a bunch of classrooms and you had to separate it by boys and girls, <laughs> girls in one classroom, boys in the other. And you would sleep in the classrooms with your sleeping bags. Huh. So it'd be like two or three nights. Hmm. Um, I think, I think I remember two nights. Yeah. So, and I was a chaperone in one and I had to do the move where stop laughing and go to bed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. giggle, giggle, giggle. This is that. Oh, I know you're having a fun time, but we got stuff to do tomorrow morning and it is midnight. So yeah. wrap up your conversations. God willing, they listen. Anyway, so now you got to feed all these kids. Mm. So it's just here's food, here's stuff. And they had it in the in the gymatorium. Uh, <laughs> so they had the buffet tables and just like boxes of cereal and gallons of milk. Were the buffet tables in the wall? Like if it's uh-huh. a gym, a gymatorium where it's like an auditorium slash gym, was that also the lunchroom? Yeah. Uh, Cause in the Reading school district, they have the lunch tables foldable into the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it comes those. out. Yeah. They the have bench. the wheels on them. Yeah. But when you fold them out, the wheels kind of lift up a little bit. So yeah. Yeah. It was those good times. Yeah. So I'm like, ugh, I'm not, I see all my time is chaperoning kids. And I'm like, I'm looking at the whole milk. I'm looking at the Malto meal. Or, or what the Kirkland brand yeah. cereal. And I'm like, <laughs> I want food, but I'm just, I can feel the belly pushing on the belt just yeah. a little bit. Anyway. So I'm like, well, I got to make this healthy. So it was probably like some version of frosted flakes. And I just ate that with water. Well, I mean, it's interesting when I started uh, going on a diet last year, I, um, was thinking back to a lot of things that like you would do on road trips because um, you're one of your lines that you always say that I don't think you realize you say it as much as you do is Uh-oh. no, a good line Uh-oh. of I got to find a way to health in this up or something Uh-oh. along those lines of when you know you're doing a bad thing or a bad thing is your only option. How can I make this better or Uh-oh. less bad? And so that was something I kind of took with me of like, if I'm traveling and I have to have this, mm. then how can I lessen, how can I mitigate the damage that mm. it's going to do? Like if I know that coffee is going to affect my gut in a certain way, but I need the caffeine, I'll just cut it with water, like add mm. more water, that type of thing. So that it's kind of like diluted, but you're still getting the, 
caffeine without any of it. It's just like weird things of, you know, uh, oh, well, if I'm looking for something that I need a little boost of energy during, during like a super long shoot, you know, well, they have those fiber one bars at the thing. You just, where were we where they had free fiber? One? The, it was the, um, the, um, with the, with the, the, the infused water and where we were in, um, Austin. The, oh, the, the, uh, it was a Hilton, um, gar yeah, no, yeah, it was no. a Hilton garden. Inn. Yeah, yeah. I know the, I know the hotel you're talking about. Yeah. It, it's the one from the racetrack. It's absolutely fantastic. And that was the one where like the first time that we ever went to one, we thought the breakfast was free and then we ended up having to pay like $21 for it. The first one we did that, it was on the, on a road trip somewhere where we just sat down. I knew the one, now that I know if, if we're staying at Hilton garden, they usually have a deal where you sign up online and you, you, you pay less hmm. um, because easily, I think like when we went to the, the double tree, the LA West side Culver city, and we had breakfast, that was a $50 breakfast. Damn, that was an insane. I mean, but are, oh, are you talking about the the Eggs Benedict Cafe? No. Oh, all right. No, this was just a double. When we realized we were at the double tree, was it a fifty dollar breakfast or was it a thirty dollar breakfast? Mm. It was something stupid because I realized, wait, wait, this is the exact same food that's at a Hampton. It's just they're bringing it to us. Yeah, it's that's bullshit. <laughs> so I, my my thing is to avoid double trees at all possible, except there's two double trees during the retreat from Moscow rally uh, because they're the rally hotels. And at the rally isn't so much about the cars that we're all in this together in our shit box. Wait, does February start next week? No. All right. Cause no, cause I'm, well, going... I think it does on Saturday. Yeah. Cause I, I, that, I forgot to announce that like, while you're doing retreat from Moscow, I'm going to the Philly auto show. Oh, okay. So I'm going to do a video on that. I have no idea what I'm going to like, what kind of video it's going to be like, whether it's just going to be commentary or if it's going to be like a car show thing of hitting like blah, 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 blah. But, um, I, I, I've never been to the Philly auto show and I'm thinking like, why have I never been to the Philly auto show? And then I remember it's because we're usually traveling. And yeah. so now I just happen to be here. And so I might as well make use of the time. Uh, yeah. Someone in the comment says it begins Friday. So yeah, uh, it's very good. There could be, I don't know which days I'm going because it lasts from like the second to the 12th. They don't have a, and this is us or a, being, uh, but we don't have, they don't have a press day. Yeah, I noticed. It's just, it's just the auto show. Yeah, but uh, I'm just stoked to get the uh, pre-approval for New York auto show, which, I mean, I guess if you go a certain number of years, like they'll just send you in the mail of like, hey, you have been pre-approved for did press pre access. Did run out? Because I didn't answer that email. Neither did I, but <laughs> I didn't even open it. It's just still sitting there, but I'm super stoked about it. I mean, I love going to the New York auto show unironically. Like I love conventions and being in those really big convention spaces and breathing in the convention air. And I, I got to hang out a lot more at the Rolls Royce or the place where they had the perfume machines to yeah. make their booth smell better. I <laughs> who it was like Bentley or Rolls Royce or Bugatti oh, or something yeah. like that. Well, I mean, I'm also thinking of making like a multi-day thing out of it that I just get like a hotel up there while I'm up there mm. and go on one of the days where there's actually people to get a different experience. I was there one when there was people there once. Holy shit. I can't imagine that it would be any worse than New York Comic Con, which is like elbow to be. elbow, mm. but it's a different crowd where 
I don't know that like I I don't know that people are necessarily stealing things at New York Comic Con. Whereas here you get like people walking off with shift shift knobs yeah. and like all this other stuff. So we, I don't know. Someone saying no, don't do it. Like don't do the <laughs> thing where you know all the other people. I I mean I did a whole RCR story on the history of the New York Auto Show, and the last chapter was about all the violence that breaks out <laughs> when the people are around. How there was a stabbing mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. So like I don't know why I'm having this impulse, but it's a good networking thing. Like. I like running into Patrick George. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all the nice, fine folks at various uh, multimedia. Blake Wrong. It was great. Blake Wrong. We went just out to got lunch back with from a big uh, East Asian trip. Yeah. And also bought a suit for like a $12 suit. or something yeah. like crazy. I will like, never look. shit, that suit he got. I looked at that. I was like. Sharp. I could live to be a thousand and never look that fly <laughs> in anything. But this dude was just out there, you know, like looking. A, on a whim. Like, yeah. I'm going to get this suit amazing mm. been a while since this all blake wrong um hi jellic uh says what is your guy's least favorite car movie and why drive <sighs> oh you don't like drive don't like drive huh. as a car movie oh I think okay. it's unrealistic as a car movie mm. the beginning sequence with the basketball thing that makes sense but everything else treats cars the fact that he drove in reverse as fast as he can drive forward gear ratios don't work that way mm. I mean, I guess it's a whole bunch of uh, Hollywood smoke and mirrors of trying to make all those types of things happen. Um, yeah, mine is I don't know if you could count it as a, a car movie, but it's and pick any one of the Transformers sequels. Uh-huh. Like not the first one, because yeah. that the first one's all right, but like the rest of them are just you know ugh, they're like automotive just you know drowning pool yeah of where it's just all bombast and you're exhausted by the end of yeah. it because there's you know now granted michael bay says like he makes those movies before the 14 year old boy who loves like big cars or fast cars and loves seeing explosions and hot mm. girls and <laughs> apparently has a huge boner for like military hardware uh, like Kinda Michael Bay does, does. Yeah. Michael Bay, he will, well, and that, and the climax of every Michael Bay movie happens at that perfect, like twilight hour between, you know, afternoon and evening where the uh, sun is just so, and the light is just like orange. And it's just, that's every Michael Bay movie climax and it drives <laughs> me nuts and it's all filmed the same way. But yeah, that would be my least favorite of the actual car movies i'm neutral on fast and the furious when someone somewhere said fast and the furious is just dragon ball z for cars <laughs> and i'm like i'm fine with that yeah. yeah just like wrestling is live dragon ball z yeah it's yeah and anim- real life anime it's live theater that you know it's yeah that's pretty much what it is frank snyder no question but thank you for your donation uh, Michael Weaver says, love y'all's channel. Keep up the good work. Please tell everyone to subscribe to PewDiePie. I don't know what that means. What's that <laughs> meme about? I don't, uh, I think because, um, I think he's, he was like losing subscribers for some weird, th- actually, no, let me not like talk about it. Cause I don't actually know. I don't if know this what is a that's story. about either. Like he's making more money than I will ever see in my life playing video games. So 
He doesn't need the subscribers. I, I don't know that he does. Did you see the thing about the the biggest YouTuber of 2018, the person who made the most money, is no. an eight-year-old kid who made $28 million with his channel um, reviewing toys. Wow. So, like, college. I mean, good on this him. House, he will never work a day in his life ever again if he doesn't want to. Oh, um, I hope he has smart parents. I hope so, too. Well, I mean, it's not just the YouTube channel. It's the, the eight-figure figure got there because of endorsement deals like he has a line of toys that are sold in target so yo that's how popular he got though and so you know uh it's just i i don't even know it's imagine what it would be like growing up to have someone your age tell talking to you because we didn't have that we had like weird adults pretending to be kids I had Zubilee Zoo. <laughs> Deep cut yeah. right there. I mean, you had Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood who freaking got it. Yeah. Who knew like the weird and stuff about kids. But that guy wasn't trying to sell you a bag of goods. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like, okay. I mean, some of that money, like, th this is me being a Pennsylvania cynic. And it's something my one friend told me I do too much because she grew up in... Uh, uh, Richmond, Virginia, and said it's something we do where we, we're always like putting a spoonful of negativity in with our comments. Mm. But like a good on him, some of that money will pay for the therapy. <laughs> but it's I'm not wrong. <laughs> yeah. like, it's. Uh... I mean, yeah, it's like, what are you going to do? Like the, the, some of the truths, you know? And people are saying that the PewDiePie thing is about him being in a subscriber uh, back and forth with an Indian channel, which might surpass him for most subs, despite having like a high number of bots or something. I, I don't even know. Who cares? Who cares? Just save it for Keemstar and all the other people who cover drama on YouTube. Jeff Jeffrey Ranny says, as a motorcyclist, have you noticed an increase in distracted driving with a wide apt, uh, adaptation of cell phones, Red has always been like that. I think distracted driving has gone up with cell phones, yeah. Um, because you you see people, and it's not just kids, it's parents. Mm. Like, oh, I'm just doing this for a little bit. I mean, I see it at stoplights. Look up in that rear view mirror. The second that stoplight goes on, the eyes go down of the person behind you. Yeah. And I do this dickhead move when I'm feeling pissed. I yeah. put my car in reverse Yeah. at a stoplight and put my rear view... Uh, Put my lights on. They don't notice. Yeah. One time I did this. Now, this was me holding up the show, but I just stopped. Yeah. Like the light turns green. I didn't go. And the person behind me didn't notice. Ooh. Now, I, I let it go for a one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and then I couldn't take it. I didn't want to be that guy. And I wouldn't go. But yeah, yeah you ride a bike, um, uh, get your headlight modulator on, be liberal with your horn on a motorcycle if you even if there's like a three percent chance someone's going to do something stupid hit your horn get that mm -hmm. thumb like that thumb the uh wait yeah starter buttons on the right uh, horn buttons on the left my left thumb just covers that horn button whenever i see somebody making a left turn across traffic yeah. in case this sometimes even if i see their wheels turn and that car doesn't move i hit my horn yeah I could even get some hella horns on my motorcycle and put them on like that. So yeah, I think it's going up. Well, it's a better safe than sorry situation. I mean, I don't care. Yeah. On my motorcycle, I don't care about your emotions. Yeah. I'm hitting that horn. 
I can't rev my engine because my bike is quiet. But well, that's the thing of like I don't know why horn automatically has to be something that means bad. It could just mean hey, heads up, I'm over here, yeah. just in case you don't know. Yeah. Or hey, the light turned green, uh, and so stop shuffling Spotify for the yeah. next song. Is a motorcycle horn noticeable? My Miata horn doesn't get noticed, and it works fine. A motorcycle horn tends to be on the quieter side, but is it's the only weapon you got. You can get louder ones. Um, but on the other hand, a motorcycle horn isn't behind a whole bunch of car. Uh, I'll tell you what, the horn on my Falcon kicks ass. Those are trumpets the size of pancakes. That is a loud motherfucker. It's two and it's two tone coming out of that thing. It's I still like dad horn. I still remember that kid going by like, or the, as I was, you know, that I'm waving at the kid and honk. Yeah. Like that would, it, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's biblical. <laughs> the, not, physically they're large. Like the, the horns on the Falcon are like this. They are this big horns on a normal car. are Like the size of dollar coins, which I don't think people remember. I said, "Why well, we still get dollar coins, like, like I, the old school ones?" I've got like, like the fat that, and the thick, fat, fat, thick ones. I've gotten one. Well, not recently, yeah. but I mean, within the last few years, you know, Eisenhower dollars. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, because some of them are still in circulation for whatever reason, and so you'll go to like the movie theater, and for some reason, they'll give you an Eisenhower dollar, <laughs> and you're just like, "Well, can I even use this anywhere, or is it just like a Chuck E. Cheese token?" Garrett Green says, can we please get a Falcon video once the snow melts? But well, we already reviewed the car. Nothing's really changed Twice. Apart, about, apart from a different distributor. Yeah. Three times if you count the, the one we did in Austin. Yeah. Different Falcon. Different Falcon. but yeah. And another one in New Zealand. Uh, and oh, yeah. and Skag. Like NOK50. Not sure what that is. Have any of you seen Jenny's Garage who fixes up old bikes and... Uh, no, I haven't seen that channel. Jenny's yeah, Garage, who fixes up old bikes. I like old bikes videos. And Mr. Regular, what is the worst bike you tried to flip or fix? The worst bike I tried to flip and fix was a Honda GL500 Silverwing. Uh, that's a motorcycle that tried to out-goozy Moto Guzzi. It's a transverse V-twin. So the pistons in the V stick out a little bit on either side of the motorcycle, unlike a Harley-Davidson, uh, which is sort of an inline V where one piston faces forward, the other one faces rear on, on a Guzzi or a Silverwing or a GL500 or 600. They stick out on either side. The, that bike I bought for $300, it wasn't running. Or it ran, but it didn't stay running. Um, I rented a U-Haul trailer, hauled it back to my house in Kutztown, put it into my closed-in porch, and over the course of three weeks, uh, fixed everything that was wrong with it, got new tires and brakes and all that sort of stuff. I got it running. Um, long and short of it, it needed a new starter solenoid, and I think I bypassed a few wires. I bypassed the starter safety switch, or the neutral... or. I bypassed the clutch safety switch because that wasn't running. Yeah. Um, and it was a fun bike. I bought it for 300. I was into the bike like $1,200. 
and I sold it for I think eight fifty or like eight eight fifty or seven fifty. So that was a loss for me. Mm. They're all right bikes. They had pretty good suspensions, air suspensions. You can pump them up with a bicycle pump and change the dampening on it. Um, they're interesting bikes. Um, pretty good cruisers if you get a windshield on them. And thank you for your donation, mm. Stephen Ratman Sky Romansky. Stephen Romansky, Rat Man Sky. <laughs> That's what it says, Rat Man Sky. Nice. Romansky. Should I get an 83 Maximum 650, good bike, or an 82 Virago 750? Both good. Um, Maximum 750. Uh, I'm guessing the Maximum 750 is an inline four, and the Virago 750 is a V-twin. Hmm. Depends if you like uh, balancing carburetors or not. The big question is my, my uh, Yamaha Maxim or Yamaha Virago. Um, my bit is that when it comes to like UJMs from the 80s, it's whichever is the better buy and whichever is in the better, best condition for the money. Um, all things being equal, and if all those carburetors are balanced, I'd go for the Maxim 650. Thank you for your donation. Scrolling, scrolling. P Melling 2293. I think we answered one question before. Possibly. Uh, question for Roman. Oh, uh, Roman, what are Bo Ra oh, Bohemian Rhapsody's Oscar chances? Um, Pretty low. Uh, statistically, I'm willing to. Okay. We're in a weird place where statistics matter less now than they ever have at any time in history. Normally back in the day, you would go and look at the guilds to see who has the biggest likelihood of winning best picture. Like who has nominations with producers guild, directors guild, writers guild, actors guild, you know, other guilds. And because there's a lot of overlap with Oscar voters and then the ones that win, you know, like last year, the shape of water was only the second movie to ever win best picture at the Oscars without a nomination for SAG Ensemble. So there are all these weird, crazy stats. And basically, Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah, it has a SAG Ensemble nomina nomination. It was nominated for the Producers Guild, but it missed out on the Directors Guild. And like only two movies in 90 years have ever won Best Picture without being nominated at the Directors Guild. Of the it was Hamlet in like 1948 and Driving Miss Daisy in 1989, and so it's just ugh. like I'm nothing is impossible, but I'm willing to say that it's a borderline impossibility, especially with all this stuff about Brian Singer that keeps coming out, and I don't know how James Gunn loses his job as the director of Guardians of the Galaxy over some like old tweets that he had already apologized for and had been mostly forgiven for, I guess by some, most people how he loses that, but somehow Brian Singer is still getting work, you know, and this is a known, you know, creep that everyone knows about. So I don't know. It's just, it's strange to me. And this whole award season, realistically, the only, if you're looking at precedent, the movies with the best shot at winning are Black Klansman, The Favorite, and Vice because they hit everywhere that they needed to hit. You know, um, film editing, Oscar nomination, directing, 
nomination and picture uh writing and at least one acting um but roma's still in it even though it would be the first foreign language best picture winner uh ever so uh you know i don't know and it would also be the first best picture winner from uh streaming service but i digress i go into this on like the personal channel it's that that's where all the oscar stuff is because it's kind of a strange thing to talk about here because there's way too much like historical context that it would take way too long to get into and it's Mm. and the number of people who actually care about any of that number fewer than the amount of pull-ups i can do so (laughs) what's the point oh we got another roman question oh cool all right. Uh, if you guys watch Hulu, uh, or if you guys have Hulu, watch Letterkenny. It's great. Letterkenny is, and I've seen it before. Now it's from Wyatt B. Thank you for your donation. Oh, thank you for your donation. Yes. Uh, Letterkenny is kind of this show that encapsulates, I think, the um, like the Canadian, uh, rural Canadian life, in that it's almost like a redneck show about Canadians. And uh, like I've watched some of it, and it's funny. But yeah, I just, um, huh. I don't know. I'll have to give it a shot. I mean, the most recent things that I've watched, uh, well, I watched Netflix's, uh, documentary on the fire festival, which is in, yeah, it was insane in the sense that these are people who are clearly in over their heads and needed to cut their losses and who just kept saying no. Um, and pushing forward and there's this i don't know it's weird in that this billy mcfarland guy who has apparently has some kind of satanic hold over people that he can just talk them into doing anything that and he was in the documentary no he wasn't he's i think he's in the hulu documentary the netflix one because hulu scooped netflix by dropping theirs first oh okay but I've only seen the Netflix one so far. And it's strange in that they build this up as this huge music festival when all they were doing is just sort of surface level denial and obfuscation of hiding the fact that they didn't have any sort of, you know, actual setup like they promised for this show. Um, Artists were backing out all this other stuff. It's just, it's like the dumbest possible thing and if you want and there's someone in the comments who makes a good point that internet historian did a video on it and it's Mm. like considerably shorter yeah and it gives you all the facts that you need to know and it's really good but i don't know life life (laughs) Uh, JCDDO roads in Moscow got that question early on the GWA gone. Number one, I wear a triple XL hat. How do you think I feel? <laughs> well, like me, <laughs> um, I, gotta, I guess you get your hats on Amazon. Yeah. I got to get them flex fit. And it, like this particular style, mm-hmm. like I can't find in store as a, you know, uh, as a flex fit option. Hmm. I got to buy my shoes online because I'm at the minimum of four E and my new balance sneakers are six E and my ski boots, which is a very difficult thing uh, are custom fitted to my feet. 
paid extra for that, but I can ski now and they don't hurt my feet. You know, By the way, there's boys. Solomon's, which is weird because Solomon doesn't make wide hiking hiking trail runners, but they do make super wide ski boots. Figure that mm -hmm. out. Steph R, thank you for your generous donation. With the, uh, <laughs> with the most recent release of the Supra, do you think Toyota might bring back the MR2? I hope, and they better not pull a CRZ with that. Do you think it would be more like the second gen, longer wheelbase, harder top, or the Spider? Look, I don't think the MR2 is coming back because if it comes, if the MR2 comes back, this is my prediction, it'll come back as a super premium car. Mm. But Toyota doesn't do low volume anymore. With the exception, yeah, with the exception of maybe the Supra, they don't do that sort of thing. So to make a mid-engine car, it would be super cool if they do a budget, um, if they do a budget for GT, they do that sort of layout. They do have an OKV6. Huh. The one that was in the Toyota Crown and Toyota Highlander, that thing is a 300 horsepower engine. Yeah. If they make a lightweight car and give it that and just focus it as a driving vehicle, they got something good there. Change the engine dynamics. It's a, it's a double cam, four valves. They already have that. And they put it around a light body. You got something there. You don't, if you make a, now it's tough making a light body these days, but I don't know. Put a low pressure turbo on that thing. They may not do that. It may be just naturally aspirated, or they may have some bullshit blower. No, they yeah. can't do really do a blower because the way the intake works on that. Um, that's my like. They they got all their they have a lot of eggs in the super basket, and it's going to sell because it has that name. And that's the thing. Mm. The MR2 doesn't have a racing pedigree at all. Mm. It has that that has that rally car that never raced. The MR2 was never in any movies. So what exactly are they doing here? Yeah. Um, the Miata is better than it ever was. They finally have a hard top Miata. So to come out with this, have it pass all the safety regulations. Uh, Toyota now is still successful but it's not throwing dollars around like it was in the 90s mm. so <sighs> find a prime built one and that's all the fun you'll you'll have <laughs> that's my answer so no i don't think they'll do an mr2 we'd love it if they did but then who's gonna really buy it because yeah. again even in that like the first gen mr2 was it was was a premium vehicle in its day they never were cheap cars. Yeah, it's. I mean, you got to wait for the value to depreciate a little bit for most people, anyway. I would yeah. assume, but yeah, who even knows? Please recommend uh, Captain Overkill says. Please recommend a cheap, reliable, all-wheel drive six-cylinder wagon. Mm. All right. Cheap. Well, good thing. Good thing you didn't say fast in there because then we play cheap, reliable, <laughs> fast. Pick, pick two. Uh, yeah. So you want cheap and reliable, which means you're going to get slow. 
but you want all-wheel drive. You're not going to get cheap in all-wheel drive. There's no situation where an all-wheel drive car is the least expensive option. And you want six cylinders. You're not you're not going to get that. You're like, okay, an inline six-cylinder car that came in all-wheel drive is going to be a Nissan Stagia, and we don't get that here. Mm. Um, they did make some Subarus with a flat six. You can buy that here. It's going to be what the H6 something or other. It's I think it's a 3.8 liter. You can buy those. That solves that solves everything. And I mean, it's going to be relatively cheap. You can probably get into one of those recent, like a really nice one for like eight grand use. Uh, that's my that's that's my answer for you, Captain Overkill. The the flat six, uh, outback wagon it may not be the answer you want, but that that does. Tick all your boxes. Hourly B, thank you for your generous donation. What is a positive or not stereotypical example of a bi-male character you guys can think of? The only one I can think of is Daryl from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Bi-men seem to be rare, at least in popular culture. See, the thing is, when you're talking about a sex, a sexuality like a bisexuality, demisexuality, asexuality, is that you to have that as a character you'd have to find a way to push push that into a narrative where that aspect of the character's upbringing is part of the character's arc how would you write that in you could have it as a throwaway line I'm kind of honestly going boondock saints with this where, where uh, Willem Dafoe's character was kind of a throwaway line. I mean, it was a cheap gay joke, but it was just like an addition to the character. But the thing is they, they kind of made the person act different after that reveal was made. This, oh. is, a, this is an odd question. Have a, have a read with this. I mean, it's a good question about writing. Cause like, how would you work that into a character? What is a positive, not stereotype example of a bi-male character you guys can think of? The only one I can think of is Daryl from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Bi-men seem to be rare, at least in popular culture. And, um, hmm. Okay. The first thought that I had was that if you want a really good representation of a bisexual character, then it has to be a type of character where their bisexuality doesn't matter. So that, that right. it's an aspect of their character, but it doesn't define them. So for that, I kind of feel like you end up having to look into video games like mass effect shepherd. You, okay, you can you play go. as a male or female. And in that role, their sexuality, they can romance other men or other females. It's up to the player to decide. And you, end up in a position where you can uh have these uh relationships with both genders and you are well you know that are represented in the game with aliens so <laughs> um yeah you get that alien strange and <laughs> it's just you know i i just who shepherd gets with like sure yeah it's their 
it's a part of their story, but it's not the thing that defines their character. What they're into doesn't define their character. So, I mean, it's almost like the types of narrative that give you a choice Mm -hmm. are the ones that tend to be really good representations. If this had just been about like bisexual characters in general, you can name any, I can name any number of like female bisexual characters who, uh, manage to kind of escape being flanderized into where that's the only thing about them. Like Emily and Naomi from skins, you know, Willow from Buffy, uh, Chloe and Max from life is strange, which people don't really, that's another one where, you know, you can pick whether you're straight or not. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Clementine from the the walking dead game, but yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I think it's harder because a lot of, you know, writers in Hollywood are predominantly male, I think. And mm-hmm. I think the majority are not the majority. That's a stupid thing to say, but are kind of uncomfortable. Like there's a sizable chunk who are just uncomfortable writing gay characters or bisexual characters. So they'll split the difference and make it make the person bisexual so that they can still feel like they're writing something they know, because it's a tricky thing to try to write the experience of someone that you don't no, True. but that's part of it. Part of being a writer is being able to put yourself yeah. it, like writing is empathy and that oh, that's a good line. Yeah. And it's the ability to empathize with other people. And even if you've never lived that life, being able to understand and respect it relative to your own experiences and relative to theirs. So, yeah. Yeah. Chris cars is from the regular chat asked, is is auto more reliable than manual as in no clutch burn the 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 horrible truth is yes a traditional torque converter automatic driven normally lasts a long long time um because it takes human error out of the equation Hmm. now granted uh automatics are a little bit more complex as far as the valve body goes but a torque converter is a nice, easy, low impact or almost even none impact. I mean, it's a viscous thing as long as it's not a lockup torque converter. Um, tends to just run and run and run. Uh, the examples, of course, go to like like the king of all uh, automatics is the uh, General Motors 4L80E. I mean, it's a truck transmission. It's huge. It's mm, yeah, built. Yeah. A lot of the sloppy mechanics use them. The uh, mm-hmm, mm. that we can't talk about. Oh the yeah, gigantic. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the, big, the, the big, the big. That was yeah. a four L eighty E truck transmission. Yeah, it was pulling all that weight. And did I, did I send you my notes on that? Yeah, I, yeah. Okay, I, cool. I'm editing. I'm halfway oh, right, done cool. with that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Victor Behorl, which is I think the Norwegian uh, name. I, forget, I I don't know how to pronounce the O with the sl- the Ghostbusters uh, circle slash. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that. So Vic, nice to meet you, Vic. Sorry, I ang- <laughs> anglicized that. Um, um, love the podcast. Hope this is enough for a beer. Uh, uh, apropos, Hunter S. Thompson, have you read Fear and on- Loathing on the Campaign Trail 72? Yeah. As he gets it's, up it's, it's, and looks for his copy, which is... Wait, do I have it over here? It's a seminal... It's a great shark hunt. There's top... There it is. Here you go. It's a loading on the campaign trail 72. It's a seminal work of Gonzo 
writing, reportage. Now about political writing is that everything's fake news. So uh, everybody's making stuff up because as soon as the headline breaks, it's over. I don't think we have this time for uh, this time of reflection uh, or people would have the patience for it. Because the book's like 400 pages. Yeah. Uh, it's a long, long thing for people to sit through. So opinions on it. I wrote a paper on it. It's great. Fear and Loathing 72 is, uh, I think, another in, in like one of the, uh, the um, responses to it. And one of the politicians who was alive at the time and in the story says it is the most comprehensive and least factual account of that election um because he's like hunter thompson clearly made stuff up like about uh ed muskie taking ibogaine huh. no and 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 this is a well-worn uh comment or a well-worn well-worn quote about it where Hunter S. Thompson said, I never said he was taking Ibogaine. I said there was a rumor in Milwaukee that, it, that he was. <laughs> and I started that rumor in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rubber Duck. Uh, $20 Kanucky stand. Thoughts on Campagna closing its doors. It's the company that made the T-Rex three-wheeler. Oh, one of those boutique mm. boutique cars that's kind of like the Polaris slingshot. It's like driving, it's 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 like driving. It's a vehicle that allows you to drive um motoring by no, it's it, it's it's the vehicle that allows you to drive Sister Christian night by Night Ranger. If that <laughs> song was a car. This is that. <laughs> it's a three-wheeled open-top vehicle that you have to have feather-cut, blow-dried hair. Yeah. You have to have half-heart you know, like, half heartbreak earring. Mm. <laughs> like a, just uh, half a broken heart just dangling you from your ear. You have to have a Coke nail. Mm. You have to have a Carrie Fisher Coke, Coke nail. Pour one out. But yeah. still legit, legit, legit Coke nail yeah. in uh, Empire. Yeah, what do you um, think she was doing on Hoth all the day? That was the yeah. perfect cover. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, those, those like crazy cars that are really motorcycles, they come and go. They're, they're bordering the line around kit cars. And, you know, I don't, I don't, another one will come to cape it, take its place. I hope everybody got paid. And that's just how it goes, man. Thank you for your donation. Uh, Reck, Reek, W-R-E-E-E-K. Uh, I've got, oh, it's a question for Roman. Oh, is it? Wow. I've got two easy cars for you, Roman. 2000 Mercedes C280 and a 1990 GTR. I lived with it in Japan. There's a story. So like an RCR story? Hmm. I mean, it's or or just a general like, hey, this is a cool car. You should check it out. Because I mean, they do sound. I, I would imagine I would enjoy them. Like now, granted, I'm someone who is fairly easy to please, but I try and or am trying, have been trying to be yeah. more uh, 
distinguishing, you know, of just kind of not really wanting to uh, just give everything a rubber stamp of approval for not being like break something that breaks down. Mm. So it's just, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Like us, like Japan, people keep saying, come to Japan, come to Japan, come to Japan. I suppose on a long enough timeline, we'll end up there. It's just getting up the gall and like knowing what the hell to do because I, I got along easier in New Zealand than in the UK, but then again, everything was in English. And I think I was more, I guess the New Zealand accent was easier on me than, than the various flavors of British accents that we were into. Um, Tom was Midlands, but yeah, it was, everything was pleasing to listen to. Yeah. No, I love a Yorkshire accent, which is a little like less like it's a little gruffer, but I love it. Mm. Uh, But yeah, the, Oh, someone says that the question that was for me came in when I was talking about manuals and now, uh, so that's something that might be like good to, you know, have Mm. just sort of knock around in those. So yeah, I don't see why not. I, I have to really go back on um, Craigslist and start poking around on there. Not because I'm actually going to get anything, but because that used to be kind of like a nice little, you know, you're sitting in bed with your phone type of thing to do. Yeah. Just like perusing, you know, you're probably not going to buy anything on there, but at the end of the day, you just think that it's something that maybe it's aspirational. Maybe you'll find some weird gem that, yeah. you know, you never know. Toyota made this car called the Paseo in the early nineties. Mm. And it was Toyota when Toyota made a, and people hate me for saying this, but Toyota made a civic SI Toyota made a version of that. And they called it the Toyota Paseo. It made a hundred horsepower maybe, mm. but again, this is the early nineties. We had that, one civic one day when um the angle one was there which is one of your best raps that i loved it's like it's the civic but it's the mighty one something it was one of your it was it was an early 90s civic that was only a four on the floor it was light blue it had a dent in it and we started filming it we had to finish the film like in the in the parking lot of park city and it started off in the gravel parking lot and ended there I'd have yeah. to pull up the video anyway. Yeah. But it was during that era where if you had a hundred horsepower, Ooh, in the early nineties, cause we're finally anyway, <laughs> throttle body injection, but the Toyota Paseo is great. Uh, someone says Paseos were heavier than the sedan upon which they were based. Really? They were heavy, mm. but, but yeah, I, I agree with rewinding apocalypse. Paseos are my guilty pleasure. I think they're great. Um, it's it's during the 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 surge of the sport coupe in the early nineties. Rex says, "Oh, and do an eighteen wheeler." Yeah, again, that's a thing to do is to do a semi truck. But the thing is that you have to have to have a special license to do that. Um, I can call up Carrie, um, Carrie Klakowitz, my friend from uh, Bethlehem, and she could drive it. She has a CDL license, <laughs> and she'd be all about that. I could just strap the GoPro to her head. She'd be she'd do that in an instant. Um, that's as of now, that's my plan. If we get an 18 wheeler, Carrie's going to have to drive it because legally I can't drive the thing. And I'm not rich enough to just take some time off and go to truck driving. School. <laughs> just learn yeah. to drive an 18 wheeler. It's like, when am I ever going to use this? 
I wonder if you have to like keep getting your checkups. Oh, like a doctor uh, redoing yeah. his because uh... you do have to get a physical and 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 get like your your balls fondled and everything like that. You have to have a medical card to drive one of those vehicles. Yeah. Uh, someone asked if you ever driven a car on air suspension. Wasn't Tech- the uh, the 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 camper not the camper that you did oh, the, the one- original RV? Yeah, the original yeah, that's RV air suspension. Yeah. Uh, and technically the rear suspension on the Falcon is air suspension. I can pump it up myself at sheets parking lot, but I guess what you mean is bags. Yeah. I don't think we've apart from, yeah, the RV. I don't think we've driven everything with bags on it. And someone else also asked the least favorite car maker. Like it's Chrysler, right? Like, is it, it's modern. It's it's best and worst. Yeah. Because I have a soft spot for Chrysler because I grew up in the nineties. Exactly. Chrysler's high watermark. The neon is amazing. And I still have to, uh, Remember the Millvale Neon? I got drunk and I got food poisoning and I lost one of the greatest the greatest neons I ever driven. So I'm still holding out to find like a neon ACR and or a Nissan Highline and manual to be able to film on it. It's gonna get tougher as the years go on. Yeah. High Glax says, Oh, this is a uh well, I'm I'm handing it to you because it's a cinema question. Oh, um, how do you guys feel about trash cinema? Go watch the room and nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble is truly awful. Check its Rotten Tomatoes page. Awful. Um, I don't get any real joy out of watching purposely bad movies. Although I have seen The Room and it's kind of delightful. But it, the Room or the movie or the documentary about? No, The Room, like the actual The Room. But it's something that I can't imagine returning to. Like if you you can go on YouTube and get the clips of all the funniest parts and skip out on all the boring meandering exposition or plots that go nowhere because there's a bunch of them in that movie. But I mean, people who check out Birdemic or, you know, cool cat saves the day. Like, I just don't, I have other, it's not that my time is so valuable that I don't see the merit in it. I mean, I, I watch, uh, you know, plenty of weird stuff for crying out loud but there's nothing wrong with a popcorn movie which is different than trash cinema. yeah which is yeah that's completely different because trash cinema implies i think earnest effort that fails spectacularly and gains a sort of ironic status Thanks for bringing this ginger tea i know oh, i'm not asking no 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 please some, you you can always this is always open for business and that includes the one that i bring so good on the throat from talking for now over two hours yeah and yeah. Yeah, if i bring it to a shoot the same rules apply you can totally you. yeah um but yeah I, I make like way too much of this in a day so so well with the boiler i'm kind of mm. drunk right now because <laughs> you gotta hang out before i go back to my parents mm, yeah finish doing my laundry the um what, what were you oh trash well that's pretty much all i had to say of yeah. there, there's like an earnestness and an effort that goes into it but ultimately it fails and it gets that cult reputation but yeah i mean i have no desire to kind of sort of wallow in those types of movies for very long so i don't yeah. know thank you sir thank you general reynolds says most favorite car review of 2018 like the one we did well i suppose the one we did and then like other ones hmm. um my most favorite car review that someone else did is from the smoking tire that zach clapman did that someone took an sn95 like hmm. yours and put a 2j in it <laughs> no one does that it's like 
the, the best part about that is, is, is Zach Clapman in the beginning was still like excited and confused that <laughs> someone would do this. Yeah. I think that's my favorite car review that someone else did. I hope like when I'm on, I like, um, as of now I'm scheduled to go on the smoking tire. When I return from New Zealand, I'm taking that extra day. Um, in New Z uh, in LA to just kind of sleep, sleep. I didn't quite have, I don't remember how you were, but I didn't quite have a problem getting to New Zealand as I was returning from New Zealand. Yeah. Like I was expecting to have really bad jet lag because I got terrible jet lag going to, uh, the UK. And that trip was literally just half of what it took to get to New Zealand. Yeah. And for some reason I was just conked out for an entire day. Yeah. Like 24 full hours gone. Yeah. But in New Zealand, I just, okay. I was feeling like I should be tired, but I couldn't turn my brain off and my body really wasn't feeling that tired. I just didn't really feel like going anywhere once yeah. we were there. Then it was the hot box. And it's like, do I yeah. really want to be anywhere? No. Like it's just You're outside. It's sunny. There's a breeze. I remember that first, that first meal we had, we at a cafe. Yeah, I was very, I'm nice. getting espresso. I'm eating eggs, which is a precursor to New Zealand, the egg tour. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the egg tour is uh, comparing eggs benedicts and uh um uh, flat whites i am going to eat oh, oh gosh every night i dream of my return like <laughs> my new new zealand is to me what the uk is to you yeah yeah it's, I, I hope you get to have your trip i mean technically yeah, anytime you want i could go. yeah and it's one of those things where i it's it's like it would be a sensory overload type of thing because i'm not really much of a planner so I wouldn't really know what I would do or what I would intend to see. It would require me to actually do something that I'm not used to doing because I tend to fly by the seat of my pants mm -hmm. per day. And uh, so I, that's what I'm trying to do for New Zealand is the exact opposite because I'm a meticulous planner. And now I'm having a vacation where I have like 18 days to do fuck all. <laughs> now, I have an open invite and I'm going back to Andrew's where well, we talked about this, going yeah. back to Andrew's house. I'm going to take a day, a guy's maybe even two days, a guy's going to lend me a motorcycle and I'm just going to ride around probably. And this guy has a bunch of motorcycles. He's living, lending me an electric motorcycle. Yeah. So, and it has a range and I can just drive around Wellington. The thing, uh, um, and then an entire week at the Johnson's where I will probably work on their house van they, they they bought a bus they have yet to buy it um and then i'm gonna work on that and it's it's gonna be weird i'm gonna be forcing myself to relax but that's a country where you can nap like hell so. yeah no the country will make you relax yeah it's just nice to kind of decompress and have that thing where you don't have to be on for anybody so mm, crazy ivan two times says like the regular car owner rift who owns a side-by-side -side double barrel shotgun what wait the, the first part of that again like a regular car owner rift period who lowercase w owns a low who owns a side-by-side -side double barrel shotgun well my dad for a while he owned a fox sterling worth huh i mean a double barrel shotgun gets associated with hillbilly stuff but a double barrel is just like a hunting rifle 
I guess the more cool ones are upper or like over under shotguns, which are still double barrels. They're just vertically. Mm. I guess they're easier to aim, but they're shotguns. They just go. I shotguns are anyway. (laughs) Um, you can saw either one. You can saw either one of them down. It doesn't really matter. Nah. If you're gangster, Ed. Who owns a double barrel shotgun? Uh, someone who's either shooting clay pigeons, where you don't really. You can have a pump. You can have an automatic. You can have anything. Who owns a double barrel shotgun? I guess someone who just wants to hunt varmints for food because they tend to be a little expensive. But then again, they don't because some. Because some double barrels, they put some serious work into. Oh, the sign's going about to about to fall down. I think. Uh, well, we oh, we have to well, let it. We, we have, have to, to let see it. if it does because that piece of gorilla tape has been on there since the beginning. Oh wow, that's amazing. hey. If it falls down, everybody's got to go. Oh, yeah, that, that's a great ad for gorilla tape. If that's literally like been the on same it, tape, tape yeah. since that sign was made back. You can in, see all the residue yeah. from our side on the top of the on the top of the laptop and <laughs> I taped right over the webcam on yeah. the front of that. Cause I never use it. And people it's- can't entirely read the sign either. Just it no longer accepting super chat questions. And then the rest of it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So it's just, uh, yeah. Like this will be our DVD logo hitting the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I saw it go to the corner once. The best one is like this band bus or school bus the, where they see it happening on the screen and the entire bus erupts. <laughs> um, so second choir, second question from crazy Ivan two times is for you. Oh, wow. Uh, I like, Oh, well, whoops. Wait, the second one. Oh, second the second part. one. Yeah. Um, Nick, what is that shirt from? Uh, it's from red dead redemption Two. It's an ambient dialogue where you know uh so you're just walking around and there's someone talking and it's this british guy who's looking for his friend gavin so has anyone seen gavin has anyone seen gav and it happens throughout the game in different places you go to and it became this sort of meme and a lot of people are annoyed by the guy but i find him kind of charming and so it's i don't know and i wear it in the music video for it starts earlier every year and it's something that I just kind of happened to be wearing that day. And people were like, oh, where'd you get that shirt? Well, I got it from Redbubble because I know what the sizes are there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because different you know, clothing manufacturers, the size are different. I'll be like an XL in one place and a medium somewhere else. But in Redbubble, I know if I get a large, it's going to be large mm-hmm. and it'll fit me and not be too tight or too loose. But yeah, it's one of those things that to my knowledge so far, cause I finished red dead redemption like two months ago and I haven't been really touching it since mm-hmm. is that it's a thing that has no solution. Like he goes around asking for Gavin and it's not a quest. It's not a quest. He's not a quest giver. You can keep running into him at different places and in different times. I think after you see him, there are certain, there's a certain number of in-game days that have to pass before you can run into him again. Mm-hmm. But there are plenty of people who are just out there who are nut jobs, who aren't quest givers, like the sun worshiper guy who somehow survives via photosynthesis, or at least that's implied. Mm-hmm. It's just like incredibly weird. So yeah, I don't know. Great game. In Since I haven't played the game, I don't plan on getting it. 
Um, in Red Dead Redemption, is there a food meter? Do you have to eat? You don't. Well, okay, yeah, you do. Uh, well, it, in the way that you would do health in just about any other game, except, you know, food here, you can hunt for your food. You can buy your food. Uh, it, it's... It, you cook your food at campsites. Okay. Although I guess you don't have to cook it if you buy something like, you know, oat cakes or mm. whatever, or, or you go to restaurants, you know, they'll make you a, a, a pot roast. This or, sounds like a time vampire of a game. Uh, it is, but you, it's funny how easily you kind of fall into it. Even balancing the books of your gang, which balancing the books is probably saying too much, but basically you're the bookkeeper or you take over as bookkeeper of the gang keeping track of like who's adding what to the overall take of the gang's pot. Mm -hmm. And then you are kind of designating what you're going to use it on of camp upgrades, you know, other things. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, I think you can go through most, if not all of the game, avoiding those aspects of it. Um, Like, well, yeah, you have to eat and you probably have to sleep and you have to bathe but other than that, it's like you you can mostly pass by like the day-to-day minutiae. I don't think you have to like deal with the camp's finances in any meaningful way. Mm. But yeah. Eh. Mm. Cole Donnelly, Donnelly, Cole Donnelly says, just unsubscribed from over 100 YouTube channels except yours and six others. Wow, you're subscribed to a hundred YouTube channels. Yeah. Oh, there was a second part to, uh, or a third part to Ivan two times. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. What would make for the best Mad Max car, like in real life? I mean, that Defiance Charger was basically a Mad Max car. Yeah. Um, a car that exists in real life that would. Uh, work during an apocalypse uh, situation that is a uh, that is an internal combustion engine. I guess it would probably have to be some like diesel, but <laughs> that doesn't half. need. Yeah, I immediately thought of that as well. Except that's a limited production military vehicle, and you're not going to be able to scrounge parts for that thing. Yeah. I would have to say, let's say, since we're in America, it's going to be American vehicle. It would probably be something that runs off a of Chevy small block and it would probably be a K20. It mm. would probably be a K20 blazer because it's not just the K20. It's other things that use all of the legacy parts from GM. And that was one of the tricks of Justin Kramer being able, being able to win last year's retreat from Moscow rally because um, he drove a 1963 Chevy Impala, and even though it didn't have a small block, it had a 230 straight six, he was still able to find a replacement engine mid-rally and swap it because they're plentiful. Like the GM legacy parts, you, you, you just trip over them. So it would have to be something that could be repaired for as long as possible. So in that sense, a car that was in production for long after it should have and had just parts swimming across like raining down over the country mm. it would probably be a k20 or a, a derivation thereof um because you could replace everything in that car and as long and you could keep welding the frame back together and that would probably be your way 
Um, and in fact, he was, uh, Justin Kramer was kind of worried. He said, I wouldn't use a Yugo for the uh, car rally. He didn't, he didn't explain why, but then I thought about it. That's a car made in the former Yugoslavia. There are no replacement parts. Mm. This car has to perform flawlessly. Yeah. Or else the time or else we're just going to stop. Um, Cole Dinelli just unsubscribed. Well, thank you for uh, sticking with us. Thank you. Thank you for making the audition <laughs> <laughs> for letting us uh, get the audition. Yeah. Iced Inc. That's kind of one place I kind of want to wa- walk by speaking of the UK and making the audition is Abbey Road. Oh, I know yeah. it's kind of cheeky. It's and the like an upscale place. Most American of things to yeah. do, but you know, it's, it's not like people don't do touristy stuff here. Yeah. Mm. I stink. Hello, I stink. Not dead. Nearly lost my toes. Ooh. Never thought I'd say this, but I really missed Waco. That's some non sequitur <laughs> stuff here. Take this cash and we'll grab beers if you ever make it to Dallas Fort Worth. Eagles Canyon Raceway in, can't pronounce this, Dector? Decactor? Decatur? Decatur. Ah. Sorry. Decatur, just saying. Well, thank you very much for the cash. We will put it to very good use. Um, I don't know how you lost your toes. Or almost lost them. Uh, I hope you didn't get frostbite. That's Yeah, maybe this was a question that popped up during ski talk. Maybe? I guess, yeah. I- I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. That was, I mean. Oh, yeah, because people are talking about gallon milk and iced tea as I scroll through this. That's where the chat is. Yeah. Mm. Scrolling down there, I think this is where I put that sign up. Take care of your feet, people. Uh, and it comes full circle back to the foot stuff. <laughs> Reek, uh, thank you for the. Thank you for the donation. Ever mix in a liquor or spirit with your cereal? I can't say that I oh. have. I mixed a shot of Myers rum in with honey oats. Good stuff. I could see doing Bailey's if you had the really sugar. See, I don't like sugar being mixed with liquor, although Bailey's is an exception to that. When I when they proposed this question, I was thinking someone who didn't have milk, so they just like turn over the Ugh. bottle of like 99 bananas or something. Oh God, 99 bananas. Yeah. I, 99 oranges was the one that had me like oh. just projectile. But it, actually it was my roommate who projectile vomited um, after I made him like a drink of, cause he's like, I want to get drunk, but I don't want to get too drunk. So I'm like, <laughs> well, I'll, I have this thing of 99 oranges because I'm 21 and a moron. And uh, and I have this thing of orange Gatorade. They'll go great together and you'll get to keep your electrolyte balance. It, it'll be great. And no, it ended in cleanup. So yes. Um, and it was kind of like projectile in the sense that it was almost an immediate, like it got down, but then it came right back up right away. So yeah, it's just, I don't know. I did a lot of stupid things in college and uh, a lot of stupid things in life. Ish. Sheesh. Mm. But does Pennsylvania have Meyer? Um, I mean, I haven't seen any around, but I'm sure we probably do. Uh, I don't know. What's weird is that, okay, so 
Pennsylvania, you know, our state, you, you know, like our blue laws make it so that if you don't have it, like I like whiskey, but if I, if it's nine o'clock and I don't have whiskey, I'm going to have to go to a whiskey bar. I can't just go to a store that's still open and get whiskey because the liquor stores are run by the state and they all close at nine on the weekdays. And I think on Saturdays and then on Sundays, I don't think they're, you know, well, they're open, but they're open till like five. Hmm. But unless you're in a dry County, which still exists because why? I don't know. Yeah. Knock on wood. We've gone through the whole thing without really a hiccup with the stream. Except for that uh, false sort of F thing. Holony Holony 1220 says, hey, Mr. R, did you know the Slackers are on tour? Mm. I didn't, but I don't doubt it. They always tour. They tour everywhere. Love the Slackers. I had a great time seeing them in Pittsburgh. And I kind of like the tour was so good. That I don't know if uh, I'd see them again. Hmm. Like well, it was so good. I don't know if that show at oh, Mr. Smalls could uh, stop it. It's kind of like seeing a really good movie in the theater and it's a great theater experience and you know that you'll never have that experience yeah. again. So you don't really want to, it's like going back and watching a movie from your youth and you don't want to find out that it doesn't hold up. Kind of like your thing with Pete and Pete yeah which i went back and watched it and it absolutely holds up oh but, good but i i think like people bring different things to the uh, different like experiences and memories to a show mm -hmm. so that holding up for me might not mean holding up for you but for me it absolutely holds up i don't want to i kind of want to don't don't want to don't want to go back and watch wayne's world uh because that's one of my favorite movies but it's my favorite movie as a high schooler Mm. yeah that's kind of yeah yeah i can see that but we're gonna at some point we're gonna drive an amc pacer the mirth mobile like the same car that is the mirth mobile <laughs> yeah you're just gonna have to um okay we've reached the end of the super chats we've been at this for two and a half hours which wow. is one of our longer streams yeah rcr birmingham alabama well, anything's possible sir party on wayne party on garth it, it was very of its time it was i don't think you can make that movie today because they would try to sanitize it too much and try to make the <laughs> things make sense goats, i have proof <laughs> like just the, the throwaway jokes rcr leads alabama well i'll be there and probably strung up from the road every time yeah. Don't forget Bohemian Rhapsody with that AMC. I wonder if that's played out to drive an AMC or if it's lost on the youth. I don't know. They make a reference to it in the movie Bohemian Rhapsody because Mike Myers plays a fictional record executive who rejects uh, them. And it they get into an argument over because they want Bohemian Rhapsody to be the lead single. And Mike Myers says teenagers in their car will never bang their head to a six minute song or something like uh, along those lines. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is one Although of those I love things. Mike, I, I, not that I wouldn't if I'll see Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm sure I want at some point. But I, I liked him in, in Glorious Bastards. Mm. Even though I knew it, like, oh, it's Mike Myers. Yeah. And I'm like... It took me so a minute yeah. like to realize it. And I love Mike Myers. Just... <laughs> I love that he's coming back, kind yeah. of. Yeah. You know, he's one of those guys who was such a... Stable. And I don't think, okay, like, 
was the love guru really so bad that he needed mm -hmm. to go away for 10 years? It's like, well, probably not, but you can, you can have a stinker out there. Yeah. But like, I think it was because there were a string of them in that there was a love guru and that movie where he's like a flight attendant where that line huh? putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable comes from. Huh. Um, I like don't even know. even uh, Jamie Foxx like owns up like I do a stinker every three movies or something like that. Yeah, he's slowly becoming a guy like Nicolas Cage who does half in the theater and half straight to DVD. Yeah, because and DVD, the straight to DVD market kills because those are movies with a really low overhead. I mean, you're, yeah, you're not paying like people know what they're Tom getting Hanks says Joe versus the volcano, <laughs> dude. I remember watching Joe verse. I've never, I, I, I would, I think I managed to watch that entire movie over two sittings on like afternoon TV in the summertime. Mm. I finally pieced together that movie. Like you, like this is like a late nineties thing. Internet had no video. My parents didn't have internet. I think until like 97 or 98 at my house. And anyway, I saw Joe versus the volcano and it's like, you're watching a movie on the television in the basement. <laughs> That's the, I mean, what's weird to me is that Mike Myers had to go away, but, and the guy is talented yeah. in his own way. Uh, the next guy I'm talking about, but Adam Sandler, like he yeah. did bad movie after bad movie after bad movie. And then he did like, punch drunk love. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, but he also did Don't Mess with the Zoltan or Zohan or whatever the movie was. Yeah. And that completely bombed. And then he did Jack and Jill, which was even worse. Yeah. And so, you know, you would think that that would end just about anyone else, but he's still out here kind of just making movies with his friends and doing whatever his thing is. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, they, uh, as a super chat says, how do I tag myself? I don't know if that's a meme, but thank you for your donation. No, I think sir. they mean like in the chat of like, if you can tag yourself in the, oh. in the chat or I don't, or I don't... Means. but thank you for, thank you for showing that. Yeah. We got to wrap this up. This is two and a half hours. I hope you enjoyed this. Oh yeah. Um, absolutely. you'll probably hear from me doing, uh, live streams and potato vision with this tablet, uh, out on the road, uh, just as updates as I'm going on the retreat from Moscow that starts next Tuesday. As of now, I think there's two, there's two going to be two videos coming for that. I think says super chat anarchy time. Thank you so much. <laughs> <Father's sir. asleep. laughs> um, uh, um, and thank you to everybody who donates through Patreon. You're allowing regular cars to exist as a much larger YouTube channel as it is. And uh, through donating through Patreon, you fund our travel budget so we can come to a town near you. Uh, the next regular, uh, the next RCR film or RCR on the road thing will be RCR Toronto, which is scheduled for your, as of now, your civic holiday uh, in August of 2019. That's not to say we won't add a city or some, maybe some regional thing between here and there. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to get or, or these these are when I when I say like we're coming to a place, meaning we're filming and doing a meet at the same time. Yeah, there's some places like when we did Lynchburg, Virginia, we just came and filmed and left. Yeah, yeah. and then we did, and that was a day. Oh no, yeah. it was two days. Was, but yeah. 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 Um. So, and thank you to everybody who donated through Super Chat. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up. Have a very good uh, rest of the week. Today's Wednesday, so enjoy your Thursday. 
the weather report, it's saying uh, unusual high in central Pennsylvania of 50 degrees of a high tomorrow mm. with uh, light rain, then dropping to 28 degrees for Friday and a high of 19 degrees Fahrenheit on Saturday with clear skies. Low on Saturday will be 10 degrees overnight. Thank you so much. Uh, I am Brian. I am Nick. Have a very good night. Bye. Bye. Oh, crap. We got to film in that weather on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, we got to film Saturday. Oh, nuts. <laughs> uh, this is like post thing. We're just waiting for this uh, Zoom to finish and in Wayne's World Styles. And we're clear. I'm going to put on my long johns for that shoot. Yeah. And put hand warmers in my And the streams. <laughs>